Hey everybody, Ian here to tell you all about the fine shows you could be listening to from the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. Let's start it off with the original Stuff and Things, the podcast about everything and nothing at all, starring myself and my good buddy Chewy, where we talk about our friendship, our past, our future, our history, ghosts, clowns, sharks, dolphins, and Stan Lee. That comes out every single Friday. You can also check out Four Color Commentary, where myself, Chewy, Ryan, and Alan talk about comic books. That's right, kids, comic books. Old, new, comic book movies and news, so many comics you can't even handle it all. That comes out every new comic book day, which is Wednesdays for those of you in the know. If you're an old or new comic books fan, this is the podcast for you. And every Saturday, Ryan and I team up for an action-packed blockbuster with Super Action Bros, where we watch movies with explosions and car chases. Strap in, everybody, and get your popcorn ready, because Super Action Bros is coming your way. And finally, the dark and spooky side of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. That's right, boys and girls. Get ready for some scares. It's Eyes in the Dark with Chewy, Evan, and James as they watch classic horror movies and some of those that were made just as a quick cash grab. Well, everybody, that's all the shows of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. Odds are you're listening to one right now or I wouldn't even be here. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to subscribe to us and sit back, relax, and enjoy another fine Stuff and Things Network podcast. True believers, and welcome to another issue of Four Color Commentary, the continuing saga of four comic nerds and the books they love. There is no spoon. I'm Alan. There is one spoon. I am Chewy. There are three spoons. Which hand are you going to hold them in? I mean, what is spoon? (laughs) I'm Ryan. (laughs) Alternatively, spoon! (laughs) I am Ryan. All right, uh, that's fine. I anyway. tried to. I just tried to take that on Matrix uh, yeah, no, direction, but we, Chewie just can derail. Mr. Parsons, vote. I yeah, want to thank you for. Spoons. I want to thank you for trying your best, Mr. Parsons. You see, when coming up with an okay. opening for All a right. podcast, uh, vis a vis concordedly. Oh god! <laughs> We're just talking about how the what Matrix. If, is what if Agent Smith just went off in like full legalese when he's like <laughs> trying to explain his plan? I'd love that. It'd be like case closed. <laughs> it's just the next two hours of the movie. Yes, the part party, the third part. It might part as well be that. Part. Oh god, lord. Um, party here for known to as the one <laughs> section seven part I think, C. I think somebody discovered his name by the way is Tom what Tom it? Anderson. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely his name is Tom. Is it on like a name yeah? It's tag on like somewhere? a name tag or yeah. like they say something. Like, oh, Tom's over there. Or something. Oh, gotcha. His name is Tom Anderson. Tom. He looks Thomas like Anderson. he looks like a Tom. <laughs> he does. In that movie. He does. Yeah. Good old Keanu. I don't um, know what that means. I don't know. Anyway, welcome Theodore. to Four Color Commentary, everybody. Uh, this is your I first. I bet you Tom is like some other language for one. 
No, I don't think it is. Though. If this is your first time with us, look it up in like Swedish or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'll just Google all languages real fast. Do it. So you guys talk. Uh, so, uh, if this is your first time with us, welcome to Four Color Commentary, where, believe it or not, even though we're talking about The Matrix, a show about comic books. Um, but uh, if you are a returning uh, Four Color Cadet, we give you a salute, and you may be at ease. Now, drive your vehicle safely. Thank you for pulling over and uh, doing the official Pledge of Allegiance to Four Color, uh, the Four Color Comrades and the Four Color Community and our Four Color Country. <laughs> God bless Happy the Fourth FCC. of July. <laughs> Um, Zod bless the FCC. So um, before we uh, get into the uh, the fun here, uh, we want to let you guys know how you can reach out to our show uh, if you'd like to do that. Uh, so the easiest way to do that is to visit the website of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network, of which we are a part of, uh, which is at stuffandthingsnetwork.com. So you can go there, click on the four-color commentary artwork, and it'll take you to a page where you can actually stream the show right on the page. You can subscribe on places like iTunes, uh, Stitcher, uh, Google Play. You can also subscribe to us, or subscribe, follow us rather, on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, all that stuff is listed there. Uh, you can also uh, uh, you, you can also email us too. There's a big contact us button which you can click on on the very front page, and you can select our show and write us an email. So please feel free to do that. We like reading those on our on our show here. Uh, feel free to leave us a review on any of those other uh, uh, other areas like uh, Google Play or iTunes or Stitcher. We re- we appreciate those. We read them on the show. So uh, yeah, all that at stuffandthingsnetwork.com. So before we get into the show, if you're brand new, we like to go by the old Smiling Stanley philosophy of every comic could be somebody's first comic. So we don't know if you guys are new. So we'll just treat you like you're new. And for those of you who know the the spiel, thank you for listening through it. So there are four of us. There are four sections of our show. But we like to introduce ourselves first so you know who you'll be spending time with and kind of why we come together and do what we do. Uh, A question I ask Alan every other week, which is, Alan, you go first. Tell us, who are you and what gives you the right? Oh, okay. Hey, uh, my name is <laughs> <laughs> my name is Alan, and I like lots of things, but my niche is uh, web comics and manga. That's uh, the thing that I've kind of been reading the longest. So, uh, on top of that, I can draw things. So you can follow me at marginally talented, M R G N L Y talented, at both uh, Twitter and Instagram. But it also makes me more art oriented. So panel layout and coloring and that kind of thing really what draws me to a book. Was anybody Let's else see? thinking M R G? N-O-I, <laughs> talented on Twitter. No, I was thinking, and wow, Instagram he... <laughs> and Instagram. He actually went for saying that he can draw things versus I'm a bad artist. Everybody yeah. hates my art. And I was like, I can draw things. I have some confidence now. Yeah. Uh, I, saw, I saw one of Alan's drawings last week. I was to, really a big fan of it. I liked, I liked your rock band. That was awesome. My psychologist yeah. uh, said... You know, working on it. It's, 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 there was... There was very little I could be like, oh, I, no, okay. <laughs> There's nothing I could say. I was like, oh, that's really Yeah. Cool. Chewy, so, go ahead. Chewy, it is your turn. Ch- yes. Chewy, tell us about you and who you are. My and- name is Chewy, and if you want to contact me, you could do so on the Twitters, at Chupacabra, C-H-E-W-P-A-C-A-B-R-A, and at ins- on Instagram, it's L Chupacabra. That's E-L underscore C-H-E-W-P-A-C-A-B-R-A. Um reasons why you would want to talk to me or follow me on the internet because you also enjoy dark gritty comic books books with blood in the gutters books where bones are breaking teeth are mashing eyeballs popping fist fights as well as oppressing psychological horror um other than that i like just cool books in general sometimes they can be fun and colorful and that's fine but pretty much if you read a book and you think to yourself, man, that's metal. That's a chewy book. 
Hey everybody, my name is Ian. Uh, I tend to bring books uh, that are from the big two. Uh, so for those of you not in the know, it's DC Comics and Marvel Comics. Um, but I like to bring anything with a good story. I also like to bring licensed properties, so stuff that maybe didn't originate in comics, but they made a comic book version. Good for people who are liking outside stuff other than comics to, to get in. Uh, I'm usually a big fan of story over art, so if maybe your art, the art in the book isn't as good, but the story is engaging and uh, draws me in, I'm willing to look, look past the art and uh, get drawn in by that story. But... Uh, yeah, I try to find something I like in every book that I read. I try to keep a positive attitude. Ding! Positive mental attitude. Ding! Hi, I'm Ryan. Uh, I like Hi, comics Ryan. as art. Hey, Ryan. What's up? Not much. Uh, I like comics as art, comics as literature. Yay! Uh, I like science fiction comics and kid-friendly comics and, uh, Yeah. Comics, you, comics you could read to your grandma. There it is. If no, she likes not. robots. If she likes robots that you know are killing aliens. Hey, like that lady from the the trailers where she she's going to the movies and she says, "I love robots." Yeah. <laughs> if you guys have been to a AMC movie theater, you know what we're talking about. Actually, yeah, it's an AMC movie theater. Um, so uh, that is the four of us. Are you guys cool if I get like loud, like really loud? You guys okay <laughs> if I scream? Right, like really like loud. Really loud. You know, you see, you know, what you guys yeah. talking about. They do it at Regal too. I been oh, they do it at Regal. Okay, maybe it is a Regal one then. But yeah, you, you'll know. Um, I think it might be a Coca Cola thing. I think, it, I yeah, think, I think it, it might be like yeah. Anyway, a Coca Cola product. It's like hey, shut thing. up during the movie. Yeah, thank you. Um, so uh, that is the four of us, and now uh, we will jump into the first section of our show. The four sections we have. Uh, we'll let you know what those are as we go through them. So, uh, first section, we open the door, we kick down the door, we enter a dark room. Because we play Munchkin. Yes. <laughs> Are we playing Munchkin? Yes. We kick down the door. We enter Sounds a dark like room. You're planning a home invasion. And a, <laughs> and a plethora of single issues fall upon your head, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for here's my issue, the first part of our show, uh, where each of us bring an individual issue of a comic that we like. We all trade them around. Say, hey, read these, or else you're off the show. And then we're like, well, we want to be friends. Stay on the show. So okay, better read them. And there's a couple times I had to hit Alan in the face to make him read it. No, I didn't. That's not true. Well, I mean, uh, it happened once him. with the Batman book. That's true. A couple times I, <laughs> I, did, I had to show him some Batman face. to make him read Batman. Just, <laughs> he had to get into it. To be fair, it was For Dark Knight no Strikes Back. That's true. To hit him in the face. That's true. Anyway, uh, so we if all read. You listen we, to that. You were in for a treat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Chewie's being subliminal. Yeah, he does. He'll, I like his subliminal messages. You just hear him really predominantly through the recordings. It's yeah. great. Um, so we each bring an issue. We all trade around. In we my all dreams. <laughs> we all read I'm them. The dream speaker. Oh god. <laughs> and then we all uh, talk about them uh, and uh, tell us stuff we liked and maybe stuff we didn't think was so hot. So dream speaker. Oh boy. Copyright. Four color commentary. Dream speaker. Do you see the signpost on the side of the road? That's right, boys and girls. We're in Tangent Town. I think that. I think that. I think that I did. I draw the short straw yes, this time. Sir, I yes, believe we always always have a proverbial yep. short straw. That is yours. So I believe I drew the short straw this time, and I brought a DC book because it's DC time in my rotation. Uh, so uh, I brought a book uh, that is not a superhero in a manner of speaking. Uh, I brought uh, All Star Western number one uh, from the New Fifty Two. Uh, Justin Gray, Jimmy. Um, and uh, it is about Jonah Hex. For those of you who don't know art, who Jonah Hex is, art by Moratat. Yes, art by Moratat. I apologize if I forgot the artist. Um, so, uh, for those of you who not are not familiar with Jonah Hex, he is a cowboy, former Confederate soldier. Lots of weird backstory, but that doesn't really matter because he's like a, a bounty hunter slash kind of detective-y kind of. Um, but he finds himself in uh, 1800s Gotham City. Uh, solving a uh, trying to solve a murder with Amadeus Arkham. For those of you who don't know Batman lore, that is the guy who is the original founder of Arkham Asylum. 
and they kind of hinted that here with his crazy mom. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're working together to solve a mystery in uh, 1800s Gotham. So what did you guys think? I know Ryan is the one who actually recommended this book to me a long time ago. It's true. Yeah, this is a new 52 book, but it was one of the few new 52 books that didn't discard all of the previous continuity mm-hmm. uh, because um, Justin Gray and Jimmy Palmiotti had been writing a Jonah Hex book for the previous like 60 issues. Yeah. And this is in direct continuity with that. Um, but at the same time, there was also some weirdness going with, uh, there's a series called the gates of Gotham and, and the court of owls happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. So basically they decided like, like DC editorial decided like, Oh, let's, let's establish a backstory for Gotham as a whole. Mm-hmm. And then all of these sort of different books slotted into it. But I, I, it's definitely still the same Jonah Hex. Uh, the one who likes to, you know, fight people a lot. Drinking. And, and he drink definitely hot. seems a lot more rough and tumble than oh, that yeah. last All-Star Western we read, the one that you brought, Ryan. Oh, you mean the We're, last uh, Jonah Hex that we read? Yeah. yeah Jonah Hex yeah, number That 15. was on episode four. Yeah, that's a long wow. time ago. It's a long time ago. But I still remember it because long it was so back. good, yeah. and I had a lot of fun yeah. reading it. Yeah. This one, I didn't have as much fun reading it. I was, one was uh, Darwin Cook illustrated, right? Yes, it was. Yes, yeah. it was. That's correct. Um. I didn't have as much fun reading, but that just means that it's a different kind of story. Like it was a little more intriguing, a little more like he's definitely more rough and tumble. There's a lot more like gruesomeness to it. Yeah. Um, which I believe, it, you know, it's not my forte, but uh, it was still wheel here. It's <laughs> almost, almost as like a chewy book. Yeah, yeah a little it's bit. very it's on the edge, but it's 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 also a mystery. And it's also the thing with the end. I would not have uh, I would not have recognized the whole ring thing if we if we hadn't read Court of Owls like somewhat recently, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh shoot, is this like a like a tie-in thing or this is part of that? And then Ryan, I guess, just basically confirmed it. Yeah, so totally I was gonna is. ask that. Yeah, yeah. At some point, secrets. Yeah, I've actually read like a good secrets, chunk of this secrets, series. Secrets, I really secrets, enjoyed it. Some of the back characters like Tallulah, who was uh, I can't even think of his name. Jonah Hex is. Uh, Sort of lady lover also has tons of scars. She mm-hmm. shows up later, uh, makes some good jokes. What do you <laughs> she think? Shows up later after this, <laughs> she shows up in in later issues of All Star Western. Wait, even after this? After because she kind of dies. She's in kinda this. Kinda oh no, dead. that's a different. No, no, different, different lady. I'm talking about like oh, like from ep- issue fifty that we oh, read. Oh, oh I see. Okay. I'm talking about this lady. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm like this one's dead. What do you think? Um, I'm gonna sum this up in one word. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I really dug this book, dude. Like, yeah, it's big too. Um, definitely, I would say it's on the darker, grittier side. And I know that we, person, like we in particular, like a lot of times, look at um, it, DC and what they do with dark and gritty and stuff like that, and how it's kind of like that's kind of their go-to. But I think it's like we've talked about before. It depends on the character. It depends on the situation. This is the character. This is the situation right here. You have, you know, like like a like a Jack the Ripper in the old West, mm-hmm. you know, and then you have a guy who's just like the Terminator. He's just going to like get to it, you know, and like I love that aspect of it. I love 
Jonah Hex, the way he interacts with people, and the way he's just like, I won't take no good from nobody. Well, it's yeah. smart. It's smart. That's a good voice. If you're going to do something dark. Jonah. If you're going to do something dark and gritty, the only place you can set it, it really, in the DC universe, the easiest place is is Gotham. Mm -hmm. That's what's grounded in reality and it's dark and gritty. Gotham's the place to do it. And it's cool because this is an era of Gotham that we don't often see or hear about. Yeah, yeah. We're so focused on like the modern big metropolis Gotham or like the 1930s or 40s version of it that Batman patrols. We don't normally see like the old Western style, but it's still like for like a Western type town. Like it's still huge. It's almost like like New York in the 1800s. Yeah, I think it's supposed to not so much be like a Western town as it is like a like mm-hmm. a the a burgeoning metropolis. Yeah, no, no they, this is basically like 1800s, like New York City. City. They even uh, as Arkham is narrating, he even says it must seem very confined and, yeah. and urban for what Jonah Hex is used to, which yeah, is the lawlessness of the old, right. the old land. West. And that's it reminds me of um, what's that movie? Wow! All right. I'll yeah. Try good again. job. Buddy. <laughs> Keep talking. That's <laughs> another times. That's a, with wolves. That's Gangs another, in New York. Gangs in New York. Gangs in New York. Yes. There you go. Very much. Um, that's another thing that I really liked about this is you take it's really smart writing to take a character like Jonah Hex and put him in a in an in a area in an urban sprawl because he doesn't really fit there. And so it makes for he interesting. Out. Yeah, and it makes for an interesting characterization. It makes for interesting, like, okay, what's going to happen with this guy? It's it's a fish out of water in a way. I mean, yeah. he's not. I it's, mean, it's not like he's not who he is, or he's like, I'm scared. He's just like, all right, I'm going to do the thing I do, but I'm going to do it here, and people yeah. might give me a weird look well, about it, but I don't care. I don't know cool. about fish out of water. More like piranha in a kiddie pool. <laughs> <laughs> all right, seems, fair enough. I, I like it's, it's a little different, but still the same. You know what I mean? Hey, piranha's a fish. It's really sort of grim and gritty, and especially if you just look at the look at the art just by itself like the art's fantastic but it's yeah super just blood and guts and stuff but i i like that it's offset by sort of the humor of amadeus yeah. uh arkham sort of kind of being psychoanalyzing him yeah. as oh, yeah. he watches him fight he's like he just has an unnatural anger just need to destroy like yeah. he probably had a bad childhood it's just like i i, I found that like a nice like like not like a ha, 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 we're yeah. making jokes but like kind of a lighter touch to to keep it from being it's, just like dark and it's well dour. balanced because you you have that aspect of it you have um i forgot her name the 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 lady in this book um but she's like giving you all the lines that you would want you know she's got like the one liners and the zingers and stuff like that you know to be like like, oh, like, don't take yourself so seriously. You know what I mean? And then you have, like, Jonah, who's just, like, super, like, just all about it. And you have the cops. Like, I don't trust this guy. So it's it's really well balanced. It gives you the the humor when you need it, when the story needs it, um, in the appropriate way. It's not like, insert joke here. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. well balanced. And I like yeah. it because of that, dude. Like, I, I really dug this. You know, and come on. There's so much murder and blood. <laughs> there is a lot it's of murder awesome, and blood and secret dude. societies. Yeah. All things that Chewie enjoys. I, I was, the only thing that was missing was pizza and beer. Well, <laughs> no, there's beer. There's, no, there's beer. There's, there's beer. drinking. Yeah. But I don't think pizza was very popular and prevalent in the yeah. 1800s in America, yeah. unfortunately. Um, we have very different America when, we live in today. Yeah. When no will kidding. we learn? We did, eventually. <laughs> no, but when will we learn back then? <laughs> uh Fire up those time machines. I really like I really <laughs> like the, the art in this book capacitor. because it's got points where it's very simplistic. Like they do silhouettes very well, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's got this other style where um, I've been seeing some artists. There's some artists I follow on Instagram that work with this almost exclusively, but it's a beige or a dark paper, and then on top of that you put black and white oh, on okay, top yeah, of yeah. it, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of shading, the shading is there. You're basically working with negative space at that point. 
and then you can create the highlights on top of the the shade mm-hmm. and it's you can see it basically anytime you see beige or they'll do it on a red background um with the exception of the fight scenes which do it on stark white which is interesting um but there's a lot of beige and a lot of red and uh it's like if you've seen somebody work in in that style it's very impressive um and to think that somebody did a whole book kind of in that way it must have taken a lot of panel and planning layout mm-hmm. i i agree that's very impressive <laughs> um i don't know i i really like i think it's i think it's a good but I, I appreciate ryan for recommending it um I, I i think it's a good dc book if you're looking for something that takes place in the dc universe but you're tired of seeing a bunch of guys in capes running around mm-hmm. um it's something that gives you a little more his, history uh almost like and I know it's fiction, but it's almost like like DC historical fiction. Like you're yeah, like, oh, yeah, like yeah. like how how long has this world existed for? One of the things I really love about anything, any any book, whether it be a comic book or a movie or well, any sort of entertainment media like that or TV show or whatever it is, is world building and the idea that this world has existed before the characters we're seeing and it's going to exist after the characters we're seeing. It's probably why I'm so excited for that new Harry Potter movie because I'm like, oh, this is a movie that is about that stuff, but. There's no Harry Potter to be found. So, like, this is a story about Gotham, but there's <laughs> no Batman to be found at all. And it's not like the show where they, like, kind of shoehorn him in. So, yeah, of. well, <laughs> this is a little different. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I'd highly. How do you, how do yeah. you contest that, college boy? Yeah. Uh, I'd highly. That was re- to you. Oh, you just agree- blindly what? agreed to it. Contest what? Gotham. <laughs> What about it? Gotham is like around like the same thing, but like... And, yeah, but this is more history. This is further back than what Gotham's doing. Gotham's like, hey, here's Teenager Penguin. Right. He sure is angry. <laughs> yeah, this was... And this this one's grandpa. Teenager this one, Penguin. This, <laughs> this one has Grandpa Penguin. Yeah, this yeah. one does have Mayor Cobblepot. Yes, it does. And um, he looks just like him, which I think is hilarious. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's great. Um, but I think if you're looking for something that's that's not Batman, not Superman, but set in the DC universe, this is a really good, a really good uh, fit. It really, they're actually the whole series is is done as far as I know now. It ran from 2011 to 2014, mm-hmm. so it ran quite some time. Um, and there's about five or six volumes uh, on six volumes I'm, I'm reading here. So yeah, so there's plenty of it to read for sure. So uh, yeah, so you guys can check that out. It's on Comicsology, uh, so it's available digitally. It's available on the DC app, I believe, uh, as well as probably in paper form. You should be able to find the the trades pretty easily. So yeah, All Star Western, check it out. So who's next, Ryan? I think it's you. It's me. Okay, cool. Go for it. Uh, sure. I brought a book called um, Appleseed, Book mm-hmm. One: The Promethean Challenge, uh, by Masamune Shiro. Probably how you're supposed to pronounce that. Close enough. Uh, yeah. So it is a manga um, from the past. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, I think it was first published in the United States in the 90s. I think it was originally came out in the 80s um, over over there in Japan. Uh, this is an interesting manga um, because it's considered kind of legendary, like up there with Akira legendary. Uh, and also when it was translated in the United States, they flipped it. From right to left to left right to right. Yeah, so it reads normal style, left to right, like a regular Western comic book, uh, which (laughs) I I started trying to read it the other direction at first, and I was like, everything's broken. What's going on? And then I realized, (laughs) oh, no, you read this. You know, like you're reading a Batman book. You're having like that moment where you're like, okay, everything seems broken. Manga or broken? (laughs) (laughs) Am I just being thrown into it, or is it broken? So I brought the first chapter of the first book. It's called Triple Hound Hunting. Uh, it's kind of like a what a surprise from Ryan post-apocalyptic world where there's you know vague robot people or whatever and a female lead. Yep. Two yeah, female what'd you guys leads. Think? Yeah, that makes sense. 
<laughs> there is a, um, a a metric crap ton of action in this. Oh, it's fantastic! Book, sure, it's like go 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 go. Uh, after a while, at first it starts off kind of small and, and and little. It's like oh, I mean they're kind of a little bit of establishing, but more in the manga style of like hey, some stuff went down that we don't know about yet. Yep. but you'll learn about it eventually. Soup joke. Let's go. Yeah, uh, this is yeah. Go ahead. And it's almost like almost like oh these these two these two pals living together, and then it's like hey, guess what? There's somebody out there. And all of a sudden, it's just like boom. Then there's a tank. Then there's a battle suit. Then they're jumping around, flying around. It's it goes, it goes from like zero to sixty very, very quickly. So yeah, uh, I, it reads really well that way. It's like very action packed. I was I I got a little lost reading it with being like, okay, who's fighting who and why? Now? Yeah, that's actually a little mm-hmm. true for me. That was the thing. I didn't know if like the people that like they found out existed like the two uh like that they found out existed if they were fighting them or if there was a third group of people i there's a third like group yeah. of people that we don't really see until the fight right yeah it's kind of confusing so there's the organization that banded together the like uh after the the apocalypse they're like we're which, the new government which is hitomi that's the girl in the yeah the, the girl who comes in the power them, yeah and mm-hmm. stuff like that um and then they were fighting this other group of people which are like the leftover they're rebel like, kind of like terrorist people terrorist rebel those are the guys in the tank yeah those okay. are the guys in the tank and then obviously they were just like the the government people were like we want these two they're awesome yeah okay cool which are leftovers from yeah, and the right like, well, side of the war. The but the they're war's just over. Like we're just going to live here. Yeah, yeah, they're just like, hey, let's let's chill. Well, I think they're living on the outskirts and trying to figure out what to do next because they're not sure like what well, happened they, yeah, after yeah. the war. Because like, everyone was dead. Yeah, it, it looks like pretty much everything got wiped out. Um, this this book screams '90s anime. Like <laughs> the style is so Akira Toriyama, and it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. And I looked at it, and the cyborg looks like he was just pulled out of Pat Labor, and yeah. uh, and the girl has like the short hair and looks like Bulma. And uh, it's just it's that thing that if you grew up looks- with it, it's it's like instant nostalgia. Yeah. And it's just like oh, I recognize it's it's a very it's like manga a, had like a, a phase. style. Yeah. Yeah, manga had a phase before it grew out. Um, in the 90s where you could look at it and go, that's from the 90s. In the same way that you can look at 90s, like DC and Marvel comics and know like those are 90s comics. Like, yeah. That looks like, you know, Eric Larson or, or uh, whoever. Should we have a question, question. about manga yeah. inside baseball? What's, yeah. <laughs> What's Pat Labor? Uh, Pat Labor is another manga or uh, manga slash anime. Yeah. Uh, it's about yeah. a police force and they use mechs. Okay, and all so, the mechs look just mechs like the cyborg. Yeah, yeah. They, use, they, use, they all wear suits. robot yeah. suits. Yeah. So this robot looks like he's from that manga. Right. And it's then just a reference. Boma. Boma. Boma is Boma's the... from Dragon Ball. I'll tell. I'll this one. Dragon Ball Z. Uh, <laughs> so she's she's the, a lady. Yeah, she's a lady, and she's so got kind of like character short looks like that. Yeah. Character. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Akira Toriyama. They all look the same to Alan, is what he's saying. Akira Toriyama <laughs> is the creator of Dragon Ball. I'm sneering. <laughs> but his, I know. But his influences spread out through anime like like crazy. Actually, mm-hmm. he took a lot of uh, influence from I forget who did um, Astro Boy off the top of my well, head. Let me, uh, um, but anyway, the point is he also yeah. did uh, Chrono Trigger. If you care, yeah, I was just trying to figure out like what this was because I'm not privy to that info, and I'm like maybe not everyone. You I just know, familiar. Well, with I that, just want so. to have a nerd moment. Ch- there. Ch- That's fine. To, to explain it for, for for all the folks out there, you know how in the '90s Disney made a lot of animated movies, and yeah. you know how there was those other studios that made movies that looked like Disney animated oh. movies to try to trick people into thinking they were Disney animated movies. Like Anastasia. Yes. Oh, or yeah. 
or Rockadoodle or a troll in Central Park <laughs> or Quest for Camelot. Guys, throw a rock. There's so <laughs> oh, many man. bad ones. Um, but this isn't bad, though. It's just mimicking the style. But those, yeah. movies, those movies were bad. I, I just want to clarify. Think, this is good. Those movies were bad. I think you're on the right track I, I where... Like troll in Central Park. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm you're on the right track opinion. where instead of trying to trick people into like reading their stuff, it's more just like the, the mangaka community of the time was a lot smaller. And the the turnout rate had to be much higher, yeah, and yeah, so for sure. it's it's just everybody intermingled, and their styles were all very yeah. influenced. Next person influenced the next person influenced the next person, mm-hmm. which is why mm-hmm. now you look at anime in the 2010 era, and it all kind of looks a little bit the same. The 2000 mm-hmm. 2010 era, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it, it's just it's style influence. Okay, that makes a lot more sense to me now. For a, a comic that is black and white or black, white, and gray, if you want to be specific, there's a lot of detail in these drawings. Um, I'm very, very impressed with the level of like different colorization. And, like, you'd be surprised when you read these these comics, or, like the, the manga comics, how much, how far gray can really go, and giving detail yeah. <laughs> and depth, and uh, uh, it's it's pretty astounding. Like. All the American folks who use color are just like, I, I don't know how to do it. It's like, no. <laughs> just look at this. Check it's a this lot out. of lines. No, it's a lot of lines, but it, like the detail is incredible. It's amazing what you can do is just black, white, and gray. It, it, it astounds me every single time. The, the one reason that I always consider myself an artist over, like I've never tried to be a writer, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. is the fact that when you look at something, like just pick a panel and go with it, and you look at it and you go, there are three lines that connect to make this thing look like what it's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And you can mess up those lines, you can tweak them, you can alter them, but ultimately it's just three lines on a piece of paper. And that's like always kind of, uh, uh, that's always kind of made me drift in that way. And to what you're saying, Ian, that's exactly the same thing. You don't realize how far those little lines can go to create mm-hmm. something really detailed. Yeah. Even though when you break it down, it's like two lines and a dot, but it looks like... And this bleeding. is why I'm not a good artist, because I put three lines on paper. I'm like, why doesn't it look like this yet? <laughs> I'm impatient. And I'm sure if I probably took my time, which I have sometimes, I'd be like, oh, look what I made. Yeah, exactly. But that's few and far between. <laughs> it's too, too hard. Too much to look at. Keep moving. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I... That and that's the story of why Alan's an artist and I'm not, yeah. and that's why I critique him so hard. <laughs> that's fair. I wish I could be better. Um, so uh, yeah, those that can't do put down. That's true. <laughs> those who can't do critique. Yeah. Uh, that's Ayo. four color commentary. Um, so, uh, but yeah, no, Ryan, I, I dug it. Uh, I think it's it moved really quickly, and I was like, wow, that was that was the little chunk that we brought is over already. Like, yeah, how like how much of this is there? Is it Akira style where there's like a huge there there block? are four volumes. Okay. Of it, Which and that's just that much. that's just sort of the the main ones. Not any of the not any oh, of the like side stories and or side the, stories? oh gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a whole universe. Oh boy. Uh, there are multiple. Remember what uh, I said about world building? There are yeah. multiple <laughs> like cinematic animes. Oh man, really? Uh, about it, but but there's four sort of you know couple hundred page volumes of it, which is pretty small for a manga. Yeah, it's not Akira style. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, That's cool. Yeah, I, I, really, I immediately wanted to read more of this. Oh yeah, I really. The reason I brought it is because of the action sequence. I love because we talk about it a lot about on the show about not telling what's happening, not saying like, "Oh, I dropped my gun," or "Oh, I'm gonna shoot this guy," but just like shooting the dude. <laughs> instead, oh, I dropped my gun. Instead, instead of saying, "Oh, <laughs> I dropped my gun," <laughs> to your enemies. <laughs> instead of "Oh, I dropped my gun," he goes, "Oh." 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why I always loved on Speed Racer oh? when you overturn the wheel. Like, oh! You're just like, wow, man. How many times is your car, is your car going in like this? Yeah, but in any other Saturday morning cartoon, they'd be like, I'm losing control of my car. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't seem to stay in the wheel. <laughs> um, so, Ryan, so this is so legendary, I imagine. This is pretty readily available. Yeah, it's actually, uh, I think Dark Horse has the license to it in the United oh, States. Oh, sweet, okay. Uh, so you can get it on Comixology, and you can get it printed. It was pers- first printed in the United States by Dark Horse in 95. So wow. it, it's been uh, around for a while. You can probably find it used or new. Cool, sweet. All right, well, that is going to do it for Orion's turn this time, Ryan's book. And I believe, Alan, I believe you are the next one. Yeah. Tell us about the book you brought. Uh, this is one of my books where I go, hey, if I'm going to read this, then you have to, too. Um, <laughs> it's just a book that I've been meaning to read, and, and sometimes I use the podcast to further my own evil goals. Um, so <laughs> I brought the new Green Lanterns uh, Rebirth, With number one. <laughs> Green Lanterns, the title, Rebirth, oh, uh, number one. Oh, Green Lanterns. <laughs> Screen uh, Lantern. Screen Lantern. <laughs> uh written by Jeff Johns and uh and Sam Humphreys uh and Van Siever on art, Bennis and Wright uh on colors and inks and that. Um anyway, so uh with DC Rebirth, I think we talked about it a little bit. Everybody they don't get rebooted this time. Everything just kind of goes back to a standard status quo and we move on from there. Sort of vaguely so. TLDR, as Chewie would say. Yeah. Everything doesn't get reset. It just sort of gets like smoothed out. All right. So anyway, this is the new status quo for the Green Lanterns. Superman punching a universe somewhere or? Yeah, I guess. Everyone's just being born. Oh, it's it's Jeff John. So everything's being rebirthed. I think more like everybody, wherever you left them, that's great. We're starting from there. But everything gets like a new level playing field. Instead of everything being in Discord, okay. Gotcha. Um, if I if I understand Rebirth correctly, which is how it's been. So if I understand you correctly, I'm gonna try to make sure I sure. got this here. Yeah. Um, New Fifty Two happened. Yes. All these branches grew wildly and in, 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 in their own way. Yeah. And then someone's like, man, this tree's kind of crazy or whatever. We're not going to cut the branches off. We're going to keep the branches, but we're going to go ahead and just make them all bare. Yep, just so prune, it, just prune getting... it all to an even even level. Well, uh, and a lot okay. of the a lot of the continuity that they did undid before, like I'm assuming, like you know, they did zero year, yeah. and they said year one didn't happen anymore. It's like, well, I thought they didn't people... say that year one didn't happen, yeah. but they said that like, oh, they kind of both happened. No, okay, no, but but basically, what they're doing is like, hey, pick your favorite continuity because I, I guess it all kind of works. Is is what yeah. they're they're like, you know, we're gonna pull things from different things, so that's it. Um, okay, so they're Grant Moore singing it. They're just like, well, whatever I feel like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's whatever they feel like. Um, okay. So I will say this. Comics, kids. I will say this about, I will say this. I'm very, like, they, they, they came up with some new Green Lanterns in this book. Yes, Alan? They're not new, new. They've been around for a little while. Like, Boz was uh, the next Green Lantern after Kyle. And mm-hmm. then uh, I'm so still getting used to, what's her name? Uh, Boz, Jessica being the new one. Boz happened before New 52. Uh, during New 52. During New 52. He so was see, essentially the New 52 Green Lantern. And this oh, okay. girl, her name is... Um, Jessica. 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 Mm-hmm. She happened she before really Boz. Uh, no, after. after. She's new. She's, She's also... She's the newest one. Post- She's new, new. Oh, okay. So two new Green Lanterns right. in New 52, and this is like they both still exist and see, are both still Lanterns. Exactly. Correct. See, so it's like we're going to take the things that we like and we're going to also take the but stuff. But they also mention stuff. every previous human Green Lantern. 
but they're yes. also still both exist. still new. Yes. yes. So time time continuity wise, this isn't that this hasn't been that long since they've both become Green Lanterns. Right. Don't, don't try to think about it. <laughs> during New Fifty Two, oh, did God. they like progress normally and become like full fledged? I can stand on my own Green Lanterns. Uh, Boz had a little bit of of extra training, yeah, but Jessica's like pretty much green, as you can see from the issue. <laughs> She's boom Green Lantern. No, I'm, well, I'm just talking about like the where we see them here as yeah. like. They're still kind of rookies. Yeah, they're rookie level, essentially. Like, when the new 52 left off, they were still rookie level? Or did they progress past that and they're like, let's go back to when they were rookies? No, no, no. It's it's still okay. on the way So up. they've been rookies. Right. Okay, cool. Um, that being said, so we do have two new Green Lanterns. Uh, we have, uh, I forget his first name, but I just call him Boz. And then Jessica. Simon? Uh, Simon Boz? Yes, I believe that's correct. I, I haven't read a whole lot of him, to be honest. So I'm a little, I'm catching up with you guys. As, as far as this goes, I just have a little more background in it. Um, but I was really interested to bring this book because, number one, it has two really good writers on it, uh, yeah. in my opinion, Jeff Johns and Sam Humphreys, mm-hmm. but their styles are a little different. Very so true. I wanted to know what you guys thought about like kind of the tone and the pacing. I, I feel like it's kind of clear who's writing what and when. I feel like a lot of the comedy was Sam Humphreys. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Like a lot like the of part the where they're sort of standing next to each other sort of arguing about yes. who should do what. That's, yeah. that's the Sam Humphreys. Right. It sounds exactly like Sam Humphreys. Yes. I think like when you see like their um, their human side, not their hero side, like mm-hmm. when yeah. she's talking to her sister and uh, even when Simon's talking to that like agent and stuff like that, like, right. that's all that interpersonal stuff I feel to me, feels hey, we like could be wrong. We could be wrong. We could. We could. They could do a thing where they're like, "There's that. There's that Stephen King book and Peter Straub book called The Talisman, mm-hmm. and the the challenge was that Peter, the Peter Straub would write a chapter like Stephen King, and Stephen King would write a chapter oh. like Peter Straub. So maybe it's like, okay, you're gonna write like Jeff Johns, and I'm gonna write like you, Sam. Go. And or then, like, it could be on, you know, like like Jeff Johns writes. How? The outline. And, I think the, I, I severely believe the beats that and Je- and then Sam Humphreys writes the actual words. Mm. Oh, that makes sense. I, I but I severely believe that Jeff Johns definitely wrote Hal's voice. Yeah, oh, for sure. One. Well, Jeff Absolutely. Johns is also sort of busy making movies. Oh, that's yeah, true. He's got a and lot of TV. stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think the thing that probably made me the most intrigued by this, because um, it's a lot of st- set up. It's a lot of like, hey, there's these two new characters and they're right. together. They do a together. good job of easing you into it. They do. But the thing that I was most like n- nerd fanboyed about, I'm like. Okay, so there's some sort of rainbow ring now. <laughs> yeah, I I have no idea what that is. Yeah, uh, cool. Because they they mention they mention a well, and towards the end they mentioned blackest night and brightest day and all that, which, which is already which happened. Big that then that polls from before the new fifty two stuff yep. that you know happened before. For those of you who don't know, but there's this box in the beginning that is opened and like a a new symbol comes out, but it's it's multicolored. It's I'm like, what is this? Where are they going with this? What's yeah. going on? Like. Alan, you might have got me a little interested here. <laughs> I, I'm honestly intrigued as well. I didn't know what to expect from this story. I was hoping that it wouldn't just be, hey, you know, we have two new Green Lanterns. You have to figure out where to put them. That was one thing I was really happy with was how they handled two mm-hmm. main characters simultaneously. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was interesting because when I started this book, I was like, oh, my God, are we new, new, like more Green Lanterns? Yeah. New, new Green Lanterns? But then I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, but the the thing that the stories I've always liked are the, the Lantern core stories of like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, it's a bunch of random whatevers and now they're, they have powers and they're going to go be space police. And, yeah. You know, yeah, which is always the best planet. part. Uh, yeah, that was always the best part for me. And I was like, okay, okay, I can see how this. I'm like, wow, it's kind of a lot of humans. And they're like, yeah, it seems like there's a lot of human Green Lanterns. Like, okay, okay. 
Fine. I feel right. like you have, they harp on that joke a lot. You have acknowledged all of the things that I have noticed. I feel like somebody watched Toy Story. Like I feel like somebody watched Toy Story before they wrote this issue. Why? Like because we're gonna take two Green Lanterns who one's who's like I'm I'm experienced, the other one who's like I'm the new way, but you know I'm not that bad. Yeah. And like okay, we're gonna fuse you fuse your power generators together, which I didn't and know now you're thing. forced to get along. What will happen? Bum, I, bum, yeah, Alan, this was a little. Yeah. He was definitely a little bit like, like I'm dad, and yes. I'm scolding you, and I'm. I can't believe I have to deal with this all the every time I turn <laughs> this car around. Turn this, turn this stupid galaxy yeah. around. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love that. I love that Hal came in. and He's like, I don't even want to be here. Like, I don't even want to be on Earth. Yeah, I got you bad guys, guys deal with it. <laughs> Sounds I'm like leaving. Suicidal. Well, it's I like want to be on Earth. What was, what was the book that we read? Was it guys? Was it Dark Knight Two? Was it Dark Knight Returns Two? Where he where, where he's Hal left is like hanging out with like, people. He's like, no, I don't it's even, Kingdom Come. Was it no, Kingdom? No, no, no. no, 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 no I think it was, it was Dark Knight Returns both, Two. I think. Where he's like, I'm an alien living in alien world, and I gotta come here, you know, down to the Earth and be like. All right, now you know. Okay, I'm now back. I'm done. Going back to going Gotta back come to my back home. to this one horse town, yeah, which, yeah. which I think is really interesting though to have like a, a superhero that's like I see the bigger picture. Like you, you people think you're so important, but you're this tiny blue ball. Yeah. I don't know why I have to keep coming back here to babysit you. I have a whole sector to take care. It's of. like he's like, don't call me if you have problems. There's all these other guys exactly. who are already here. I'm going back to big boy work now. You know what it is? It's like 30 Rock, and he's Alec Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, why do you go to the head of the, of the company yeah. with your problems? Like, why do you keep coming to me? You have yeah. people below me that you can go it's to. It's like early 30 Rock. Yeah. Yeah, yes. um, yeah but I, I really, I, I actually really like the fusing of the power batteries. They yeah, have yeah. one. Because now what you have is... They two green lanterns more than 24 hours apart right right exactly or else they die no or else <laughs> they just don't have any charge um but it's also uh from what oh, i understand man, they're going to cool. be together in the new justice league book too wow so together forever and never to so they're effectively if, if green lanterns are space cops then they're buddy space cops yeah. <laughs> oh space cop buddy buddies. space cops sounds like an amazing book to me <laughs> and they're fighting the red <laughs> red lanterns is that what that is so I, the, the whole thing at the town. beginning with the like the rainbow ring yeah. or whatever i think i i personally think i would have liked to see like that sprinkled in like one page or whatever like in the middle-ish of the book or yeah. something like that um just to kind of be like oh man i want because then it was like we don't see that and then it's just like okay well the red lantern people are they're the bad guys you're gonna fight it's like there's this crazy thing that's happening okay now here's the two people you're gonna be following okay these guys are gonna be the bad guys see you next time yeah but like there's no interaction there or anything that's like true. That. i thought it'd be kind of cool to have um something that just kind of like inner like connects them a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Right. And personally, I, I, I would have thought it would be kind of a cool thing to be like, ah, these, these are the rookies and oh man, where do we put, put them somewhere out of the way? Like, <laughs> I, I kind of dig that idea. Cause it might've made it, it would have allowed for them to have a little bit more of that bickering. Like, yeah, yeah. like, you know, like but, I mean, they're both is... given men- menial tasks, but what, but they like both equally think like, well, mine's more important or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, but at the end of the book, it does say mm-hmm. that you know Green Lantern's number one is the next issue. Like this is Rebirth oh, number okay. one, so this, this is, is supposed this to be like a zero. Yeah, yeah. Like to set the status oh, quo. Okay, see, I totally that like that over my head right there. That makes some more sense. Okay, I'm All really right. excited to see they're bringing Daxstar back, which is the evil Red Lantern cat. 
Bro, is that what that blue cat is? <laughs> yes, he's the cat uh, at the bottom. His name is Daxstar. Do they have a like a like an equivalent Green Lantern pet? Yes, his name is Chip. It is spelled oh, C H apostrophe P. Yeah, yeah, he's a chipmunk. He's a squirrel. Yeah. yeah. No, they you can buy a toy of him. There's the also a Green Lantern uh, germ. There a dog one. There's a no dog. dog Green Lantern. No. Uh, my favorite Green Lantern. I'm pretty is, sure there was at some point. He's like a dog man. My favorite is dog the planet. Man? Yeah. Oh, Mogo. Yeah, yeah. The Living Planet. Yeah. There's a planet that's a Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. It's what? fantastic. <laughs> and the, the, the way you can tell is that he's, ex- he has arranged trees around his equator to look like the Green Lantern. Yeah. Here, here's the thing, guys. Oh, I green- do like the, the blind Green Lantern from a planet with no light. Yeah. yeah. The F sharp bell. There's yeah. also the, the germ Green Lantern, who is literally a single cell organism. Fantastic. And his uh, nucleus is a Green Lantern symbol. Nice. Here's the thing with Green Lantern, everybody. That's you what really, I like about Green Lantern. You really got to suspend nerdy. your disbelief like hardcore. Or you just got to go like, all right. Go with it. Space opera. We're doing yeah. it. <laughs> Is Green Lantern like the X-Men of no. DC? No, it's Green still Lantern not that confusing. Green Lantern is definitely more like the like, <clears throat> like Marvel cosmic. Like it is a lot more like Cosmic Yeah, it's, it's the more like 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 Silver the Nova Corps. Nova Corps is basically ripping yeah. off Green Lantern. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's more like like that, like Guardians of the Galaxy part, or like the Shi'ar Empire, like that yeah. kind of stuff. Okay. On the on the Marvel side, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's that's correct. It's it's definitely not that. But it, but I feel like I feel like in a in a way Green Lantern gets wackier. Um, I mean, it, it gets. I mean, it's a not little... just people vomiting blood on other people. No, it's definitely not. I, the thing that I—that's <laughs> I mean, a thing. That's a thing. That's what Red Lanterns do. Oh my god! That's I mean, awesome. just like every other comic that started way back when, it was very weird in the beginning, and I'm going to bring one in, one or two of those stories soon. But um, I mean, Green Lantern is is very, you know, yeah, it, it, you just go all in because it's in space. And it's like, nobody questions Star Trek, with the exception of how the ship works. But take the ship out of the equation, everybody's like, oh, this is totally fine. Have you, Aliens no do just things. floating in space dead if you take the yeah. ship out of the equation. <laughs> okay, you know that. <laughs> Have you read <laughs> more of this? Uh, of this? No. Yeah. Is, this is the, there is more the, of this to read currently? July uh, 18th. This is pretty new. This is pretty new. This is brain spanking new. June? June 18th? So, you know me, I'm not a Green Lantern guy. Yeah. Um... I love Sam Humphrey's writing. Yes. Um, I don't know that I really want to read more of this Green Lantern okay. book. Um, but d- if they took it in a couple of directions, <laughs> I'd, I'd be ready for it. So like we talked about, like kind of the like, I got to deal with these. If they did like buddy space cop and it got more like a buddy cop type of scenario. I think that's what they're kind of going for. I then so. I'd be down for that. Yeah. Um, I the, the whole the, the fusing of the the lantern yeah. thing, I get the idea, but then I'm I kind of feel like it, where the, where he's like you guys are gonna have to cooperate. I'm like it'd be cool if they're like you guys have to charge from the same lantern, um, or like it's something like you have to be within a certain proximity. But the, the yeah, whole like let's put your lanterns together, it's kind of like like beating you over the head with it. But I. Well, it's, feel it's like, like it's like the end of the first episode of a buddy cop show. Here's your new partner. Oh gosh, but no, you know it's what, like the here's your squad car. You have to share this car all car day, yeah, yeah. every day. Yes, but yeah. I used to have my own car. Not anymore. <laughs> but then you drove it off a bridge. <laughs> but then eventually you get to the point where they're chasing down a bad guy, and one guy goes left, and one goes right, and one of them like ducks under, the other one sideswipes him. You get that awesome feeling of yeah, we yeah. just work together. That's what I, I'm waiting for. I thought it'd be kind of cool if it was like a whole, like, if you guys like don't hang out with each other within 24 hours, 
then like you'll explode and die. No, it's <laughs> just, you have to charge their rings. <laughs> Seems a little. <laughs> you'll explode. In you space. need to charge your ring every twenty four hours. You need to say the oath to do it, and they have to be there simultaneously in order for it to charge. Oh, so, so they have to do it together. They have to charge. You can't it just together. be like, a, what oh, if, you've got it's it. It's like visiting your parole right. officer. Yeah, they have to check. You have to check in every twenty. What if like, what if they had they had to like say they both had to say the oath. Mm-hmm. J- uh, Jesse James style, Team Rocket style. That would be awesome. Like alternating lines like that, and they have to like stand back to back. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I man. would read that. I would read that also. Anyway, That'd be pretty sweet. So I, I'm, I don't know if I'm so hooked you're intrigued. on this. I, I think it ha- I'll wait. Okay. I'll ask you to see yeah. like if it starts to go in that buddy cop direction more so. Uh, for me, this book is either going to have to get a whole lot more like gritty and cool, or it's going to have to get a whole lot more lighthearted. But where it's sitting right now, it's too little. It's, it's a little bit. Well, yeah. Eventually, for First Prince, I highly recommend we read Sinestro Core War because it's pretty awesome. But that's just me. Also, who gonna, am I? It's going to be close to what you want it to be. Uh, any last thoughts on that? No, I, I I'm intrigued, but uh, I'll, I'll kind of stick with you on this. I'm intrigued. I'm gonna let you do all the the, the, the front heavy running lifting. and tell me if it's any good and if I should do it. Sure. So, um, Alan, where can people get this? Anywhere uh, DC Comics are sold? Yeah, anywhere DC <laughs> Comics are sold. So, comics sellers, you also go brick and mortar and pick it up. I mean, it it just came out essentially. So you'll have a really good chance of grabbing it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so Chewy, I believe you are the last one for here's my issue this evening. Yes. Uh, so tell me. What did you bring? I brought us? a book called Weavers, issue number one on Boom Studios, written by Simon Spurrier, illustrated by Dylan Burnett, colored by Triona Farrell, and lettered by Jim Campbell. Um, basically, uh, this guy is kind of working his way into this like crime syndicate. Um, Spider and, Mafia? And there's, <laughs> there's some supernatural elements of the spidery kind. Yeah. Uh, what... What did I read? This is so weird. I was, so, I was really weird. weird. Like it started off, and I was like, "All right, it's like a true crime, you know, drug dealers and stuff." And then I'm like, "What?" In the words, of- so, so the cover with the people with the glowing red eyes didn't give. I I, I knew from the front. I'm like, I was okay. like, maybe they're doing some sort of metaphor thing no. of what a no, in the web words we leave no. when Comics. we first back to see. In no. the words of Hank Venture, I dare you to make less sense. <laughs> it wasn't okay. I I figured I'm like okay. See, I was the opposite. I'm like, okay, Spider Mafia. Let's get into it. And I was like, yeah. all right, is this guy going to be like, is he just getting into the Spider Mafia? It was just, is he already a part of it? It just kind of was like, it just, all, it just threw it at you all so quickly. Like I was, I had a little, I'll be honest, I had a little bit of a tough time following it. Yeah, no, I, I feel like, I feel like I, I eventually sort of got a oh, good feeling of like, like now everybody has sort of vaguely spider-ish body horror powers. And when they and when it's they, like, it's like an, it's like a gang made of eldritch monsters. Yeah, and when they use them, they they suddenly have sort of eight glowing red eyes hovering in front of their face, and so then they sell drugs. They do a lot of things. Well, yeah, they, you know, generally they make money through underworld type activities. So I that's mean, what I would do if, if you I had, had if you, had you know, just, a family of of un, unstoppable killing machines. That's fair. If you had just described yeah, that to me, a family of unstoppable <laughs> killing machines. It's a it's a crime family, so they're not actual family. Um, if you had described that to me just as you did, without me seeing it, I would have been like, "Get that out of my face." Alan, I'm family is who that. you make it. Oh, when me. I first saw this cover, I was like, "Oh, this is is this just crappy Spider Man?" But like, no I didn't offense, know what I was getting into. Like, I know that you write good books that I've enjoyed, but I was like, 
come on, like it's got a spider on the cover. Based like, on the cover. It's, it's really difficult to make a, a comic book that has spiders in it without oh. somebody yeah, thinking about it. Yeah, but that's Okay, but that's the thing is Cy Spurrier is... He's he, a guy. He's, he's that guy. He he's the it. master. He's such a master writer. Like I love the way that his characters interact, especially this big two-page spread where she's on the phone with her dad's yeah. last boss. Yeah. She's oh, like, yeah. yeah, no, I don't think he. He looked kind of no, surprised. It's not, yeah. No, yeah, he looks surprised. Okay, and yeah. like just that whole exchange. Oh, yeah, that was like, great. It's the same reason I always come back to this. It's the same reason I love Matt Fraction. If yeah. you can make casual conversation feel interesting and engaging, yeah. then you're in you're in my, my wheelhouse. That's exactly where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And even though this screams Chewy book, and normally that's not like my forte, I'm super into this. It was yeah. super good. Also, how does Cy Spurrier keep finding these artists that like <laughs> take his ideas and depict them perfectly? Do you know what I mean? It, like it's he exactly finds the way I would want it maybe to that's his spider power. He finds artists that like <laughs> that's his body horror. I didn't know power. spiders yeah, yeah. Are, like have a really good talent for picking out artists. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't think it pigs really weave? well. The webs they weave. I mean, like, yeah, I know artistic. some pig. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> I just I just feel like the art in this book perfectly depicts the tone. Oh yeah, like it's it's sometimes very grabbing and and. Uh, violent and then sometimes it's very lighthearted and and accessible mm-hmm. but it's the dy- uh, the dynamic of those two things that's what really drew me into this book so even though it's really gross and there's a lot of blood which I'm not super into somebody's it, it, body explodes yeah oh, that lady <laughs> that lady cuts that guy in half straight up vertically slices him in half just like yeah. all the way down yeah. also in his With, like weird days, like Elbow, like, wrist, elbow, yeah. spider tentacle. Yeah. In his free gang days, <laughs> he wears uh, he wears a specials shirt. Oh yeah, so yes. I'm I'm already in on that. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> he's rude. see that's good music. Alan was saying before the podcast, he doesn't like anything that's good. And yes, yes, he's specials. Oh, hey, right. that's true. He doesn't like things. Hey, good. he didn't want the spider, but I guess he had to pick it up, pick it up, pick uh, it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it just sort of jumped in his mouth. Um. Yeah, first oh, man. Like, I'll be honest. The first Alan's few, the original rude boy. <laughs> the, the first couple pages, the first few pages, it was I was a little bit confused. He's like, okay, wait, so does he have the powers? Like, yeah. is he part of this group or not or whatever? Um, once he's like in the bar afterwards, and then he's like, I want to meet the boss or whatever. Then it all you know makes a lot more mm-hmm. sense and, and all that sort of stuff. He's like training. He's in training. Yeah. He's like honing his. He's Luke Skywalker. <laughs> That's what he is. <laughs> Who murders people? Well, yeah. but but it also <laughs> has like, like speaking yeah. of after of, he like, emotionally blacks out. To yeah, be fair, yeah. speaking of like buddy cop that we had in the last book, like it seems like this could be sort of a a somewhat entertaining buddy cop pairing of like hers is you know like he he's new, she's been around forever. They got to go do mob stuff. Yeah. Her power is to make people have to go to the bathroom, apparently, yeah. and his power is like. I think I think her power powers. is mental suggestion. Yeah, but she uses it to make the guy have to poo. Yeah, like let's let's be let's be clear. I don't think I've ever read another book where like Emma Frost or <laughs> or or Jean Grey or Martian Manhunter is like I'm going to make that person need to go to the bathroom. That's true. Actually, so that's I would read fantastic. that. Fantastic. She gave him mental diarrhea, and then he had it for real. <laughs> mental diarrhea <sighs> to real. And then diarrhea. and then he has. Akira powers? Yeah. Sort of his arm explodes. He basically has uh, he has Eldritch uh, Lovecraftian. It's like at the end of Akira when Tetsuo's arm is all Tetsuo! Tetsuo! Except it doesn't. Apparently, <laughs> according, it looks like he can summon Tetsuo. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, uh, Just out of his arm. Yeah. After, out of his arm. What I, what I liked about this is it's you have the whole like 
you have the whole crime family thing and, and organized crime, and we've, we've seen that. And I'm not going to say it's old hat because I still enjoy those types of stories, you know, whether it's, you know, based in real life or it's like fictional gangs or whatever it is. But um, <clears throat> they go and they're like, okay, well, let's go ahead and not only that, but they have like these powers, you know, they're just like, and that's just a thing that exists in the world. Like, you just have this like criminal gang that has like some sort of powers. And I want to see where that goes because I want to see if we end up meeting other crime families that have different types of powers or based oh, around different powers. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. I was, actually, like I was actually just thinking about kind of that same thing the other Dolphin day. It, like, it, remi- <laughs> it reminds me a lot, not in a, like, a rip-off way or even like an homage way, but it reminds me a lot of like, I feel like this type of like concept of like, like a group of people like banding together, but it's like based on this one like similar power or something like that. This one similar ability or supernatural thing. Uh, it, it, I don't know. I feel like I've maybe it's just kind of like an intuitive thing or something like that, or, or we've hey, read it before. Or you what? should you should read One Piece. One Piece. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, except instead of gangs, they're pirates. Yeah, I guess, but, oh yeah, but I mean, like, the, but you don't get all crazy bloody. Yeah, uh, but I was, I was graphic. just thinking about that the other day. the The concept that in a book, or even in a movie or a TV show, you don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to say where everything came from. You don't have to get down to the nitty gritty. You, you can't ignore it though. Like, you can't just say mm-hmm. like this exists. Get over it. We'll never touch on it again. But you can expand on it. Yeah. You can take that thing yeah. that already exists. You don't have to say where it came from, but you do yeah. have to show where it's going. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really interesting thing that they do here. Was they may they might explain the origin of of the powers, but at this point, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Because it's about the main character and his powers and where he's going going forward. Yeah. And Scott Pilgrim did the same thing. Yeah. Lots of weird stuff happens, but nobody bats an eye because that's just how it is. You don't have to explain why that's happening. But you do have to make sure it either pays off or it carries forward. Otherwise, it just seems weird. Well, yeah. Bingo. I, I think that's like a talent that Simon Spurrier has is that he's introduced this such a like a weird thing to exist in this world. And I'm reading this and I wasn't by the end of this, I wasn't like, oh, man, I want to find out where it came from or what caused it or anything like that. I was like, I want to see what happens next with this dude. I, I didn't give a rip or even think about like the past. Where did that come from to begin with or mm-hmm. what its origins were? And I think when you can have something that's that outlandish and your writing makes you so interested in the character to see what happens next rather than how that came to be, I think that that shows some talent there. I agree. I agree. Um, so, true. where can people get this? Um, it is a Boom Studios book, so you can go ahead and find it in most comic book shops. That's where I saw it, actually, just kind of like on the on the racks. Um, it, it's new. This is issue number one, and like number two. I'm not even sure if it's out as of this recording. Well, it's a six-parter, right? Yeah, it's a, it's of six, so it's going to be its own little thing here. Nice. Um, you get it digitally as well, so um, pick it up, man. It's it's So far, it's a pretty good it's read. Pretty I, I liked it. I thought it was pretty rad, but yeah, if, it's me. If it's a gory, if it's a gory weird mob book, and I like it, it's probably got something. There. That's true. Agreed. Well, uh, that is going to wrap us up for here's my issue. Now we move on to part two of the show. Uh, so let's. So uh, as we said before, let's kick down another door, Alan. <laughs> and what do we find in here? Oh no, a giant book collapses on our head, but it's a classic, so we're not so angry about it. Is it a classic? Yeah, may, or or maybe something modern that we think people should. Some, read. Okay, I do. Go ahead and introduce it, and then I want somebody to explain to me why we had to read it. Because uh, 
Because we chose. Um, so what uh, what this part of the show is, is a little area called uh, First Prints. And what we do in this area of the show, we, we talk about uh, a comic book issue, a run, a uh, graphic novel, maybe like a first trade of, of a series. Uh, old old series, new series, especially if you're getting in, new into comics, maybe some good place to start. Or maybe if you're you know out of comics for a while and you want to catch up on something new or read some old classics. These are, these are really good ones that we recommend, um, or at least we try to recommend. Uh, it sounds like Alan didn't appreciate this one. So uh, for this time we read... I have things to say. <laughs> <laughs> for this one, we read the uh, the first trade of, a, of an image book called Outcast, um, and it is uh, written and created by Robert Kirkman of The Walking Dead fame. Uh, artist is um, Paul Azaceda. Uh, Elizabeth Bru- uh, Breit, I'm not gonna say it right. Breitweiser, uh, colorist, Russ Wooten, letterer, uh, and so on and so forth. So, um, this book, Chewy kind of recommended this book. So I'm gonna let Chewy kind of introduce it a little bit because you were saying like, hey, I've been wanting to check this out for a while. Because and there was also a, a yeah. new show. Yeah. I believe it's on Cinemax, which is if you have HBO Go, I think you can watch it too. Mm-hmm. And it's based off this series that just came out. Yeah. Uh, so Chewy, pitch this for us. Get get in the elevator and pitch this to pitch this to us. Pitch it to Alan. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> it's a book about a boy, a boy who uh, grows up to be a very peculiar man with a peculiar set of powers in a peculiar world. Um, the way I would summarize this is I would say, like, having read this mm-hmm. and being like, how, like, if I'm like, I'm going to sell you on it or whatever, I'm going to say this is like, this is like, uh, no, that doesn't apply anymore because the way that it ended. Um, I was going to say it was kind of like a buddy cop thing, but like instead of like cops, they're like, let's go exercising demons. It's almost like... It's Gone a- baptizing. It's almost like, to me, it felt like the like the exorcist, yeah. but if the exorcist was not about Reagan, but about... Um, what's, what's it? Is it Father, is yeah. About Father Merrick. What's yeah. the other guy's name? The yeah, one... I, I, you know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. Damn me, why you leave me, damn me. Yeah. Like it was about him and like he had this ability and like things were out to get him. It's almost yeah. like this guy's like being approached by demons or being attacked yeah. by demons on all sides, but not directly. Yeah. Like people around him are getting possessed and he has this ability yeah. somehow to help get them out, but he doesn't quite know and he has kind of a weird he backstory. He finds out yeah. you know, throughout it. But it. it's also a little bit slice of life. It has this yeah. weird kind of like slice of life, like small town feel to mm-hmm. it as well, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Alan. Why? So, let, Alan, let's... I think the reason, like, from a purely, like, explaining it reason, the reason we're reading this is because Robert Kirkman is a superstar comic book writer. Yeah. Because it's not that frequently, even now, that a totally independent, non-licensed character, non DC, non Marvel comic book gets a TV show. We read Preacher. We read Walking Dead. This has a TV show. It's well known. People will have questions about it. We want to answer them. Um, yeah. So uh, I I don't know. Unlike I guess Alan, I'm, I'm guessing you didn't like it. Uh, I, I don't know <laughs> if I didn't like it. I think. It, hmm. Okay. Uh. I, okay. I don't know if I didn't like it. It's not that I didn't like it, but it does have. With the exception of a very few parts, it does have a sort of cookie cutter feel to an Exorcist demon movie. Like it felt like. Okay. Have you guys seen Fallen? No. The one no. with uh, Denzel Washington. I don't watch scary movies. No. It's Too uh, scary. it's really interesting because it's ba- it's basically the same thing. Like mm-hmm. uh, Denzel Washington is dealing with a demon that can jump bodies at will, mm-hmm. and he's sort of like terrorizing him. But it's not a front 
it, it, it's not something that pumps up and he has to like stab it or something like that. It's just yeah. something he's dealing with in his life and then it has a climax at the end. But um, it's it's kind of the same feeling. It feels very desolate. It feels very um, like tense. Uh-huh. And I can see this making a really good television show, especially sure, a long absolutely. form go for the gold at the very end like television show. Um, that being said, with the exception of the thing with the outcasts, like what are you? You're an outcast and they what never... What does that ex- mean? That was the one thing I think that really didn't sit super well with me was really? that it took okay. 130, 140 pages and then we got the word outcast like three or four times. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they never really went anywhere with and it. And we just never really went anywhere, which it's is, I guess, is fine. decompressed storytelling. Yeah, I, it, decompressed is a really good word. Long form. Yeah. Uh, like, like episodic even, I guess. Like a comic book? Well, no, but it's... Well, <laughs> no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue against that and say it's not a comic book because, it, like, in a comic book, in episodic storytelling, you have one story, one story, one story, one story, and then those combine to have an overarching arc. This, like, after the first issue of this in the trade, I was like, all right, well, I have no idea what's going on. Second issue, I was like, well... Nope, still nothing. And then by the time we got to the end, I was like, okay, I'm starting to get an idea of kind of what's happening. But we've had like episodes of things happening, but not complete stories. Where it's it's the it it almost seems like everything is so in service of this character's backstory and finding out what's going on mm-hmm. that that all the other stuff is secondary. Whereas typically in episodic storytelling, the 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 main business of the day is primary and then the secondary story is what's what's up with the backstory what's up with the the myth arc right we always we always talk about you're talking to somebody who's watched a lot of x-files and a lot of csi (laughs) i feel like we talk a lot about exposition and and the best way to do exposition and there's generally two ways there's the exposition up front or there's the exposition ingrained i guess you could say exposition in the back but that's really that feels almost retconny um but uh the exposition this does exposition up front this is everything you need to know about the character in the first three issues I don't feel like until it's after the first three issues that you start getting into the meat and potatoes of what the story actually is. Um, and it leaves you feeling a little like, I mean, the, it does a very good yeah, job. Got, don't get me wrong. We get a lot of details about yeah. his life, but we don't get a like, and and thus. Yeah. It, don't get me wrong. The art does an amazing job of making you feel the way that you should. Mm-hmm. Like tense in certain places, desolate in others, depressed in, in, in his home, that kind of thing. Like it, it gives the feeling really well. It just does it in a way that um, when you're feeling, it, it doesn't make those transitions very well. It just feels empty and and sort of like you're grasping for things the whole time. And let me say one more thing and then I want to hear it from Ian and Chewy. But I think part of the reason that Alan and I are less forgiving of this style of storytelling mm-hmm. is that the actual subject matter is not something that we're either of us super into. That's fair. Like, None of these people have robot suits on, <laughs> and and none of and none of them are are catching small animals that they can then use to fight. <laughs> what if the demon wore a robot suit? See, but is there a demon? Yes. Is it all yeah. in his head? No. no. What's going on? The the devil's in this book. It says it right up yeah. front. Okay. Lucifer shows up in a church. I yeah. I like I. <laughs> I like Scary the whole stuff. <laughs> yes. scratch shows up on my doorstep thing, but can we stop using the whole I have many names line because it's in everything that the devil is in. Um, have you spoken to the devil? No, but I've seen He's very iterations. much a fan of this book. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. I don't, has, I don't know. <laughs> he has, like, I'll be like, hey, John. He'll be like, no, not that one today. <laughs> Sam. No, not today. Beelzebub. 
That's, that's the one. That's the one. My, my personal favorite. <laughs> what day is it? Wednesday? Oh, okay, yeah. That's, that's the one. Wednesday. Wednesdays. Let me check my underwear. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like I caught that that was supposed to be the actual devil. I just got the feeling that that's like somebody who's part of this evil, potentially he, demonic he is, cabal. He is Legion. He, he mentioned something about Lucifer. Legion is not the devil either. But though. I know. He mentioned something. The preacher, when he's in the church, he mentions something about Lucifer or the devil or temptation. He's like, yeah, he, But he, no, he doesn't say Lucifer or the devil. He says temptation, which is, again, pretty pretty vague if we're Ryan. talking about a cosmology that involves a devil and his demons. Right. I'm just saying. Right. I'm this just saying book. the stakes. I'm saying it because, again, this is not my kind of book. The stakes that you guys assumed out of this book are way higher than I got. I was like, well, that's kind of a bad guy. Yeah. Well, is it? Should we really be concerned about a little town in the middle of nowhere, supposedly? Because I don't I don't know. There was I think we're supposed to be concerned about him. Yeah. So what do not, you like? What do you guys like about this book? Yes. Well, let Phil, me go back Phil to your earlier point. I disagree with you saying that this is not because there are TV shows that are not like the X Files that are also successful TV shows, i.e., The Walking Dead. Sure. No. No. But I, I was talking specifically about episodic television, so, episodic and, storytelling, as opposed yeah. to decompressed storytelling, like binge watch shows, as opposed to like episode episode. Sure. Episode, episode. This is more like a binge watch show, and you know, and you know, this is written in 2015, many years after Robert Kirkman has been involved doing what now? Creating his other series into a television show. So he's probably altered his style of writing, and even The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. like book, is is like That's that too. Robert changed, Kirkman's writing yeah. is like is kind of like that now. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I mean, whether that's a good or bad thing, it's up to you. And depending on what type of shows you like, because yeah. Chewie and I love like Game of Thrones and we love Walking Dead. We love those ones where it's like, oh, I can't wait to find out what happens next week. Yeah. But not in the sense of like, well, that was a fulfilling story. It's like, oh, it's like my weekly update on the characters I like. Tell me about it. That and almost is we'll exactly what time. it felt like for me. It was like watching Game of Thrones. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's how it is. It's like a week. It's like an update on these characters. And I think here's the thing that I liked that I liked reading it in this form. I would probably be more inclined to agree with you if we had not read a trade of it. I think if I were to read one issue of yeah. this, I'd be like. I don't have enough investment, but after reading the entire like first like five issues or six issues or whatever it is, I feel more invested in it. I, I agree with that. I was thinking that when I was reading it and being like, you know, if this wasn't in trade form, I don't know if it would grab me right away, despite it being subject matter that I'm interested in. Yeah. Um, but having read through that, you know, you're like, okay, cool. I got, you know, the setup, the, you know, the pitch and, and the hit. Um, I think personally you know the, the whole like disjointedness and how it just kind of like you know you're not necessarily like here's what's going on and we're, you know back at the farm and stuff like that is um I, I think it's simply so that you're like okay cool this guy you are this guy like you know like connect with this guy you are this guy whether or not you have been you know quote the outcast in your family or not like you can connect with this guy because of X, Y, or Z, you know, like take, take your pick. And I think, um, the whole, I I don't know. I kind of got this weird undertone of it, of being like, and it's cause I know people like this that are like, he was at the beginning of the book, like that are just like, I don't care about anything. I don't want to deal with anyone. I don't want to interact with anyone. Everyone thinks I'm like a low life, like whatever it is. Um, and I, and even though this one guy is like, come on, man, like, I, I believe in you, I believe in you, I believe in you, he still doesn't. And the whole reason why we don't see what's going on is because it's like he doesn't want to see what's going on. He doesn't want to believe that because he thinks himself, like, that low. Mm-hmm. And anything that when his uh, sister or the, the priest or whoever um, is, like, trying to lift him up, he's, like, 
it's not even just like humble. It, it's it's like no, I need to cut myself down. And that's kind of what he spends his time doing. It's not until he accidentally discovers, oh, there is something about me that can help. Like he finds purpose. Yeah. And f- him finding that purpose and kind of being like, well, I gotta make, I gotta like, lot lost time. I gotta make up for lost time and and stuff like that. And so I kind of found that interesting. The whole like, what happens when you take someone who thinks they have nothing to live for and you don't tell them they have something to live for. You don't try to convince them. They they discover not only like, Hey, this is cool, but like, like, Oh wow. Like this is, it's, it's almost like, you know, like, Oh, I discovered a superpower and Mm. not just cool. I'm going to do stuff, but like, Ooh, this is heavy. (laughs) Like I, I can, I I need to be using this somehow. Um, so I thought that was kind of, and, and yeah, you have the mystery of like, well, why does it kind of seem to be like around him? It's almost like the whole like there's this power within it, this person that could swing either way, it's, and it's, it wants that. It's the yeah. dragons in Game of Thrones. It's the it's coming. We're gonna find out. You're mm. gonna f- learn more. You're gonna find out that that's and you either like that sort of storytelling or you don't. You either like I want to just know stuff a little more quickly or I want to play the long game like you guys were talking about. Um, I think also too, I think that Chewie and I, maybe this is why, because it does, I was talking about that panel where it does say the devil in like big black letters. And then there that guy is. And then there's like a Mary behind it. I think the reason Chewie and I picked up on that and that is because we've seen a bajillion horror movies. So we know when they Mm -hmm. do that sort of like, Hey, there's this guy, this is important. look, Look, look at this, look at how it's framed. It's very much, it's very much like any exorcism movie like the exorcist it definitely draws on that but then puts it in like a small town sort of feel i, I don't know i i enjoyed it a lot but yeah i don't know if i would have liked it if it was just one issue so if somebody handed me a issue one and said read this i probably wouldn't have i probably been like okay it's fine didn't really grab me but like by the time i was finished with this i'm like okay i'm, I'm interested i'm i'm not like super invested but this one took a lot more to get me interested than just a single issue like you've handed me a single issue of a comic ryan or alan has and been like here read this and i'm like okay great i want to read more of this but this i was like well i needed to read that many i needed to read that many to, to be able to be interested in it but and i think yeah i think that the subject matter goes a long way because chewing that like horror movies and scary stuff and you know I, th- I think that also speaks to us a little bit more maybe so than you guys but i think yeah. Ian, that you had a really good point with uh, kirkman's writing evolving over time yeah mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. especially having the Ro- the walking dead been going on for so long and him doing this for so long and having commercial success outside of a single medium um i mean it definitely feels like a walking dead game of thrones type storytelling mm-hmm. and i guess for somebody like robert kirkman that that would make a lot of sense yeah and I mean, I think it works well in trade, but I don't. I, my my main takeaway from this is it worked well in a trade. Wouldn't work, in my opinion, doesn't work well as an individual issue until you get invested. I kind of agree with that. So, but then each individual issue, once you're invested, is like that hit. Yeah, that you need. It is. It's, it's, it's like, like a, a drug. It's like a single. It's like a single episode of uh, Throne of Swords. It's just. I, yeah. I mean, like, oh, that's, that's Ryan's sister is obsessed with Game of Thrones. Like, like my level, my level of with bad with it. Where every time the episode's over, I'm like, Hey, did you watch it yet? And she's like, Oh my god, yes! All capital letter texting me. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, So. Yeah, your, your sister's a drug addict of Game of Thrones. I know she is. And I'm a drug addict for, for Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead, so is Chewie. We all are. Um, maybe not Game of Thrones for you, but Walking Dead. I've never either. actually seen Game of Thrones. No, it's 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 good. That's what but, I keep hearing. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Like, uh, Yeah, it definitely is one of those that plays the long game. And if you are going to read it, if you are interested in it, I mean, if the subject matter interests you, 
I would definitely say pick up the first trade. Yeah. Maybe don't go for just the one issue. Pick up the first trade. Like and invest the ten an, bucks. Yeah, as an image first trade, it's got that advantage of like, hey, ten bucks, you yeah. know, for the first trade. Um, Alan, I, I know you kind of uh, touched on it. Art. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's really good as as far as a stark mm. kind of feeling mm-hmm. um the colors i think are the big winner in this book yeah, yeah it has I mean, like a really limited color palette mm-hmm. and it, it and but it feels like hawkeye a little bit too but it, when you say limited yeah. color palette a lot of people are like oh well that means it's not as good it's like well no but like they use the colors like much more effectively mm-hmm. Because you can sort of start to gain, like, oh, I understand kind of this this kind of color evokes and things like that. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what I was going to say is the the colors in this book play really heavily on color psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got the warms, the darks, the uh, the the pastels, and the and the sharp colors, and they're used interchangeably to to make you feel a certain way depending on the scene. And um, like I said, the inks are nice, but they're they're messy. If you're into that kind of thing, it'll probably put you right where you need to be. But I think the colors are the real star in this book. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, well, you guys could check it out. It's an uh, image book, so it's available whatever those are sold. That means that digitally is really easy to pick up. So on Comixology, um, you can also go and pick it up at your local brick-and-mortar comic store. Or if you don't have a comic book store near you, Barnes & Noble will probably have it too. And the nice thing, like Chewie was saying about these image trades, they're 10 bucks. So worst-case scenario, you spend 10 bucks and you lost the gamble. But I-, I would say if you like horror stuff, if you like exorcism stories... Mystery. E- mystery. Long-form like, storytelling. Long, yeah. Yeah, yeah, also absolutely. that. And I think if you like, like kind of that... like. If you want to have like a small town story that has supernatural elements in it and like you like demon possession type stuff, I don't mean like you like doing it, but yeah. <laughs> uh, if you like those sorts of stories, this might be something you want to check out. If you like, I think if you honestly, if you like The Walking Dead, like as a comic book series and you read it regularly, this might be something that might be up your alley. And this is relatively new, right? Yeah. Like this has only been coming out for like a year or yeah. so. So yeah. it's definitely the long game. I definitely think like once Walking Dead ends, which if it ever will. Um, this is probably gonna be something that might go on longer than that. Or and maybe the new not. show just started, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just started on. Uh, if you have uh, HBO Go or HBO Now, I think you can watch it at the Cinemax uh, show. So they are buddies, pals. Um, so yeah, uh, Outcast, check it out. Um, so that is gonna wrap us up for part two of our show, which is First Prince. And now we move on to the four color character compendium, uh, which we don't, we didn't kick down a door this time. <laughs> we were we were lulled we to sleep. A trap door. <laughs> yes. We we fell through a trap door and into, into a dungeon in which <laughs> in which an old man in which an old man sat in the corner and we looked up and it was Ryan and he opened a big book and said, "Let's talk about a comic book character." Uh so uh the four color character compendium uh which we talk about uh is about uh comic book characters. We talk about heroes and villains and teams and organizations and groups inside comic book worlds. We talk about uh creators, writers, artists, anybody who's important two comic books it's kind of like a, a comic book history lesson mixed with comic book vocab so you can go up to your friend and say hey you know who's the best spider-man villain mysterio not really but here's why so uh yeah that's what the four color character compendium is and this yeah. time uh, alan suggested a character this time uh-huh. um and it kind of ties into the earlier book we were reading uh because it's a it's a, it's a villain yes a dc villain specifically because we did a marvel villain last we time. did so we thought dc villain quote, this time. villain yes. <laughs> a marvel quote, quote villain, villain. Last time. i would argue this guy is definitely more of a villain oh, than the yeah. last villain we talked about. Oh, yeah. Um, so, Alan, who are we talking I know Ryan has already has the tome ready to go, but I want Alan to introduce <laughs> this one. Alan, uh, who are we talking about this time? Uh, basically, we're going to talk about Sinestro. Ooh. Sinestro is yeah. the uh, former Green Lantern, now Yellow Lantern leader uh, of the Green Lantern mythos. So, um, I mean, he is essentially, I'll give you the quick breakdown, then we'll go into specifics, but 
Um, he is Hal Jordan's former mentor, uh, friend of the original Green Lantern, Abin Sir. And uh, basically, he's, uh, in my opinion, one of the best villains of the DC Universe because he's one of those villains where he is doing something very wrong for reasons that make sense if he weren't if they weren't so wrong basically yeah. oh. um he is he's one of those people you know the the best villains always think that what they're doing is the right thing to do that's sinestro essentially so mm. can i can i put this in 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 batman terms real quick just sure. so people understand yeah. sinestro sinestro is to hal jordan green lantern what raz al ghul is to bruce wayne batman. yeah actually that's very okay. close because it's like a mentor relationship where like well you went one step too far or something i i'm not as fami- i'll be honest i'm not as familiar with sinestro i know that sinestro trained hal jordan mm-hmm. quite a bit yeah. i know that at one point he got fed up with the guardians if i yep. remember correctly and then he found an alternative power source which is the yellow Correct. lanterns the yep. yellow light the okay. yellow light, light source essentially okay. Um, the, the yellow sun. power battery, yes, if you would say. Um, but yeah, essentially, um, he is from a planet called uh, Korugar in uh, sector one four one seven. Um, every Green Lantern has their own sector that they patrol. The Green mm-hmm. Lanterns of Earth are twenty eight fourteen. Um, I know that off the top of my head because I'm a giant nerd, and <laughs> and uh, and he is like I said, uh, one of the original Green Lanterns um, that trained Hal and was sort of telling him. He, he established, he's one of the best Green Lanterns of his time because he established the most amount of peace in his sector. Mm. But he did it in a way that it made him seem more like a despot than an actual hero. So he did it by slash. ruling with an iron fist. Correct. Mm. Uh, his home world apparently was, he was the king of his home world for all intents and purposes. Nice. Um, by basically subjugating everybody to living quote unquote peacefully. So uh, he wa- so he watched over them in both Brightest Day and Blackest Night. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the character... Ahead was created by John Broom and Gil Kane. Uh, first showed up in Green Lantern Volume 2, Number 7, which was 1961. Ah, wow, the Silver Age. But there had already been a Green Lantern previous to this, Alan yes. Scott Green Lantern, right? Yeah. He's the one who wore like a red outfit. Correct. And it's okay. confusing. And has nothing to do with the Green Lantern yeah, no, ethos. Not part he's of he's technically an honorary Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but this was like, he he's... They're just a couple issues after sort of Hal Jordan becomes the thing, right? Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, not the thing, the Green Lantern. <laughs> I was well, saying, I mean, that's there, a weird there, crossover. <laughs> there, there is a big era of Hal Jordan just being the Green Lantern. Like, they don't really, they get in, the Guardians are there, and like the, uh-huh. the Green Lantern, like, oh, core yeah. is kind of there, but they don't go into a whole lot of it. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's sort of like Shazam. Where you have Merlin, who's like, Shazam, you're needed. And so the Guardians will come up out of nowhere and say, like, Hal Jordan, you must go do this thing. And he's like, screw you guys. I'm going to go do this other thing. I'm going to go and fly a jet plane. And then the Guardians get mad at him. Um, <laughs> and like uh, sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> what a, I'm going to bring it at some point. I, I talked about it earlier in the show, but I actually have two volumes of the, was it the Showcase era mm-hmm. Green Lantern? So it's like 1955 to 65 or nice. something like that. Um, and they're super campy, but hilariously good. Um, so I'm going to bring one or two stories of that at some point. So I, here's what I want to know. Okay. And, and probably our, our listeners and stuff like that. Um, so he is a yellow lantern. Correct. Now, obviously I'm sure. Well, we after could, the fact. Yeah. I, I'm sure we could speak at great lengths about all the intricacies of there, but right. so green lantern, yellow lantern, what is a yellow lantern? Okay, well, to understand what a yellow lantern is, you just got to know that green lanterns uh, use a green power battery, which is charged uh, infinitely by the universe. But in order to wield the the, the power battery, you need a ring. Okay. And that ring is fueled by your willpower. Okay. So 
the willpower, like somebody, it, the ring chooses somebody. So when yeah. Abin Sur crashed on Earth, and he's like, I'm dying. Ring, go find me my replacement. The ring brings him Hal Jordan. Kay. Hal Jordan says, hey, I'm the new Green Lantern. So, um, well, sort of. But uh, the point is that on the on the scale, so yeah. one of the things that Jeff Johns introduced uh-huh. in 2000-ish was the emotional spectrum. So Green sits in the middle with Will, Kay. and then going outwards uh, from Green... Uh, is the to the right, which is yellow, orange, and red, and to the left, which is blue, violet, and indigo, and each one of them is kind of their own little thing. Okay. Uh, yellow being fear. Okay. Jeff so. looked at a voter ballot and thought, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the short answer is after Sinestro was after Sinestro essentially was forcibly removed from oh. the Green Lantern Corps, they kicked him out. He okay. he essentially did find the yellow. Uh, power battery which is a universal mm. universal construct something that already existed and he uh forged a ring out of it and therefore he wields the power of fear think scarecrow but like on crazy steroids okay um like you can uh, play on people's fears or you can create their greatest fears made light that kind of thing mm. and, and he basically said yeah. now that i have this i'm gonna make my own core and we're gonna take the guardians out and yeah well i mean what did they call that core alan the, oh yeah, he's like I'm gonna call it the Sinestro Core. Yep. <laughs> because he's got a big, he, by the way, Sinestro has a giant pink head and yes, a widow's yeah. peak. Uh, so he's not like just a a, a, a a white dude running around. He's like an alien guy. He looks like an alien. He's pink skin so with a big. It's old not like the head. yellow lantern ring finds you if you use fear to control people. In no, your it, life. Does. It, it does. It does. Okay, but it wasn't established until Sinestro. In, right? in, in, Bla- okay. in Blackest okay. Night, a lot of that happens where it, it seeks out people who use fear. And in fact, at one point, doesn't it seek out the yellow ring? Seeks out Batman. Yeah, and he's like, "Hey, get out of here! <laughs> I kind of want this." Skip, like, skip. and they're like, "All right, I guess we'll go to Doctor Crane over here, who yep. also likes using fear, which was fun." But the, the if I understand it correctly, the, the, the reason and cowardly, and the, the reason <laughs> that he is like the ultimate baddie of not only not only the Green Lanterns but Hal Jordan specifically is because what is the opposite of willpower? What's the thing that keeps you from willing yourself to do stuff? The okay. fear of failure. So the idea that yellow is like the greatest, at least at the time, was like the greatest opposition to to willpower. Yeah. Plus also he's a guy who was a Green Lantern. Yeah. Okay. And so it's like, I was already like, I my better at it. you, uh, at what, what you, you do, do than you yeah. could. So yeah. it's it's like the, you know, it's, it's like okay. fighting if Superman decided that he was going to become a bad guy. Yeah. It was funny. It, or something. it was interesting that uh, Sinestro Iron actually Man. got mad at Hal Jordan for, like, he's like, look at all the peace that I've made. And Hal Jordan's like, you're, you're a fascist. Like, you're doing this completely wrong way. He goes, no, because and I do it. in the 50s, remember? <laughs> and I, but I do it, I do it in an orderly way. Yeah. And then he would always get mad at Hal for being uh, chaotic and disorderly, even though mm-hmm. Hal was trying to do the same thing. Well, not, like, subjugate people, but, like, was trying to create peace. He would yeah. always... He would go against the Guardians, and Sinestro would be like, the Guardians, look, Hal's being a total jerk. Why don't you punish him? It's like, well, he essentially did the right thing, so we're going to let it go this one time, uh, you know, a hundred times over. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and Sinestro's like, you're all ridiculous. Nobody knows what they're doing. The Guardians of the uh, Galaxy. I can do it better than you. I'm going to make my own power ring. And they're like, okay, you get to get out of here It's like someone who complains about Verizon enough that they eventually do decide to make their own cellular network. (laughs) And it works pretty darn well, but it's only for bad people. Yeah, it's only for bad. It's only people. for people who hate Verizon. Yeah, and then you have to actively like hurt Verizon while you're using it. <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Verizon. No, 
Now the other thing, sprint. <laughs> yes, yeah, sprint is yellow. That would be yeah. accurate. Uh, the other, th- the other weird, uh, the other weird thing so with uh, Green Lanterns in yellow is originally yellow did not work on Green Lantern stuff. Or and Green okay. la- Green like the Green Lantern couldn't affect yellow things. Yeah, right? so yeah. you couldn't lift a school bus with your power ring because it was yellow. Or like if they painted a missile yellow, he couldn't deter it because it was <laughs> it was yellow, and so oh, it was wow. basically that was his thing. He also it, couldn't affect wood, right? Wood was oh well, that was the original. Green oh, Lantern. that was the original. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, but uh, eventually they retconned that into saying that there was a yellow impurity in the in the in main wood. green in the main green power battery. Oh, so the one that the guardian or the guardians used to fuel all the rings okay. and the little and the little batteries. There was a yellow impurity because of uh, you know reasons. But essentially, because of we have to justify it because it was such a silly thing, but we can't just let it go. <laughs> I, I mean, I just don't happen. want to go too far down that yeah. rabbit hole because we're focusing on Sinestro. Yeah. But uh, yeah, essentially, like the yellow and, and Sinestro being originally part of the, the core and then turning his back and then being a main villain for a long time yeah. and then suddenly getting not revived, but like uh, uh, redone mm-hmm. in, in, in a mm-hmm. way that is antithesis to the main character, I think is what makes him roundabout probably one of the better DC villains in my yeah. opinion. Because he's not just like I'm you, but different. It's like I'm you, but different. Plus, I have no, I know everything that you know. Okay. So yeah. it's it's not just opposing powers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice. What are sense. some What are some good Sinestro stories? Yeah. I honestly, uh, I mean, you can read pretty much anything, but I would highly recommend the Sinestro Core War. Okay. The Sinestro Core War is the build up to Blackest Night, so you get yeah. a lot of that prophecy stuff. Mm-hmm. You get the creation mm-hmm. of the Sinestro Core. Um, you get a big intercore like laser beam shooting fight, which is pretty awesome throughout space. Oh. Um, and uh, and ultimately, it, it just kind of is the final nail in the Sinestro kind of villainy arc, as it were. Like the Sinestro Core Wars, where everything comes to a head, and then you realize that like Sinestro always has been this big baddie because up until then, he's just been flavor of the week bad guy yeah, for for Hal Jordan. Okay. Um, and so also like Blackest Night and Brightest Day are then both kind of heavily involved with him. It's, oh yeah. He's, yeah. He's the first White Lantern. He actually correctly. does become the first White Lantern, but once again that's getting a little far down. Yeah, you, yeah, we're, yeah, we're really getting down there. But but if but Sinestro, he's 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 there. He's in a lot of that stuff. Oh right. yeah. Him and Jeff Johns are Yeah. Like <laughs> Jeff Johns, like I said, it's one of the things that he does best where he takes something that exists and, and kind of recreates it in a way that doesn't deny everything that happened before, but rather Re- reforms it to make something else from what i understand and i don't know i i've not seen this movie but i was reading a thing on comics alliance um about where they just deconstructed the movie of green lantern apparently from what i understand in the movie he's pretty like the character is played pretty pretty true yeah to to comic and like like so much so, so much so that when i was reading this review pretty much the only thing they said that was good was mark strong did a good job playing sinestro mark he strong did a, did a very fabulous good job. job doing sinestro. and then that is it <laughs> <laughs> Except for the, I guess there was an after credit scene where he finds the, but it like they don't establish that he's upset or angry in the movie at all. They're just like, hey, he's a bad guy now. Guess what? Yeah, it was kind of terrible. Uh, yeah, but so, him, but his like Sinestro is a very sure of himself character. He yes. he walks around like his chest is very puffed out. He's very like, hmm, yes, I I, I find this to be he's intriguing. Very villainous. He he. Like he's snidely whiplash, yeah. Okay, but uh, but with skills. His his design <laughs> is apparently based on David Niven. 
<laughs> the the British actor. I don't know who David the, Niven is. He's oh. um, well known for being in uh, probably Pink Panthers. Yeah, he's in well Pink Panther. Thing. Also, not uh, Peter Sellers. The apparently, he plays Sinestro is based on the Latin word Sinestra, which means sinister. Also, it means left-handed. So he's left-handed. Oh, I did not know that. Canonically, a left-hander. Representation evil, matters. Evil. <laughs> evil left-handed people. <laughs> Ryan. Freaking Southpaws. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what other stuff he's been in that, like, uh, is is really, like, uh, like, like core like, stuff. Maybe, I feel like the, the Blackest Day and Brightest Night things are pretty significant. As, as far as comics goes, yeah. I'm trying to think, like, outside of uh, other media, though. I mean, like I like, said, he up until then, I mean, there was this big deal with Parallax back when uh, uh, Hal was the Parallax host, which... Oh, yeah. Fine. Uh, <laughs> Parallax is the the spiritual representation of fear. It's like a big bug, cockroach, T Rex thing. Space bug. Space bug. Oh. Okay. Um, and so uh, Hal played host to it for a little while and turned evil, and that's how that's the Green sick. Lantern Corps got wiped out. Yeah. So um, we need to we need to start a podcast that's Alan explains <laughs> Green Lantern. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, but anyway, uh, the point is that uh, that was one that he was heavily involved in because after Parallax had left Hal, he then. Has, uh, was hosted by Sinestro. Has for a Sinestro while. been in any significant or in a significant way been in any of like the animated uh, features or anything? Um, like that? I know he was on like I know he's been on Batman: Brave and the Bold. I know Ryan can attest to that. He's been on yeah. Brave and the Bold. Um, I know that they've had a lot of like Green Lantern directed DVD like movies. Yeah, he's like, on the, First Flight. I think. Uh, First, First Flight and uh, Emerald Knights. Emerald Knights is actually really really good. Yeah. Uh, I think said. Emerald Knights has Nathan Fillion hosting or uh, voicing uh, yeah. Hal. It, it, yeah, I think you're but right. Emerald Knights is like I, I'm not a big Green Lantern guy, but Emerald yeah. Knights is solid because it's just these little Green Lantern stories. Okay. Um, and they talk about like the first Green Lantern, and they talk about yeah, and they talk about like cool. Kilowog's backstory. It's re- it's actually really good. I'm surprised how good that one was. I have um, to yeah go ahead. But yeah go ahead. Uh, I have to say. If you have not seen it, watch the Green Lantern animated series. Yeah, I heard really. I've, I've watched the first I, episode. I can't stress how good that show is. Like <laughs> the same way that people look at the Batman animated series. Well, that's that's a that's a tall order. You're I making, I, sir. I will never compare the two just because I won't want to. Except for I dare you to watch that show and not draw parallels. I, I'm sure. I'm sure there is. I'm, I don't. Was Bruce Tim involved with the Green Lantern? Uh, no, it's not actually. Oh, really? Hmm. He was voiced by Ron Perlman in that series. Ooh. Oh man, oh, America's awesome. Caveman. <laughs> Ron Perlman. Anyway, that that show is super good, and I highly recommend it. But yeah, so I mean, I mean, he's like Lex Luthor is to Superman, and and the Joker is to Batman. What? Sinestro is to, is, to, is to Al Jordan Green Lantern. So. In the DC Lego animated universe, he's voiced by Mark Hamill. <laughs> really? That's yeah. weird. That makes sense, actually. They're like, oh, sorry, we gave the Joker role away, but you could have, let's see here, Sinestro? Okay. Mark <laughs> Hamill's on to see laugh a lot. Mar- Mar- Mark Hamill, yeah, Mark Hamill, snidely. Mark Hamill loves comic books. You wouldn't think so because he's like, God, I'm surrounded by all these nerds. But he loves, yeah, comic books. Oh yeah, listen to the Fat Man on Batman episodes, the early ones with Mark Hamill here, and just talk about like, oh yeah, I used to read all that stuff. I love it. I'm like, you're the best, Mark Hamill. He's my soul, dude. Anyway, um, questions. So anyway. Uh, well, don't open it up for questions. Yeah, <laughs> if you have, I have a question about issue seventeen, I'm just kidding. Get get at me on the on the tweets if you have questions. Alan, yes. I have a question about the sheer power of the will. Oh, okay. What about the How triumph do you consider yourself a Green Lantern because you have no willpower to finish anything? Uh, I am not it's the not Green Lantern. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Jenna's Green, the Green Lantern. I'm not a Green Lantern either. <laughs> uh, I have a. If you want me to explain on air, I can explain on air. But I have a very good 
explanation of how that works. No, I'm I'm cool. What's okay. the lantern Save core that later. loves eating chips and sitting around feeling bad about? Oh himself? man, that's yeah. the orange lantern. Green. No, Green. that's that's, that's Larfleece, cr- no, no, and no, no. he <laughs> just sits at home and like hoards all the chips. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> they're his. These go. are my chips. Mine. No, they're I mine. no, but I'm willing well, to share. I want to share. I have a buddy. Chips. Uh, and just watch know. some shows. <laughs> What's like the one where you're just like suffering from why Why do I live? What's like the Green Lantern Corps that's like, ah, life is bad. I don't know. The the alternate version? <sighs> like the, the gray lantern. What, 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 what color represents <laughs> the brown mope? lantern? <laughs> mope? Yeah. <laughs> what color represents that on the spectrum? Uh, <laughs> Taupe. Post, post New 52 Blue Lantern Corps. All right, here we go. <laughs> Lagoon Fever is the color. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> That is the four-color character compendium. Uh, now we move on to the final part of our show. We open the door softly, lovingly, and we are surrounded by comfortable couches. And this part of the show is called Back Matter. Uh, Back Matter. Back Matter. Back Matter. All right. Back Matter is. Yeah, that faster than I could. Uh, <laughs> Back Matter is the like the end of any good comic. We we talk about uh, different comic book news. We we read letters from you guys. Um, so Back Matter is the end part of the show. We just kind of get to chat and chill and talk about some other stuff that doesn't really fit into the other junk on the show so um anybody have any cool news i i saw something that i forgot about for one more week so a, a week from from when this uh this episode is going to come out so i didn't wear this shirt today if you go to humblebundle.com and go to books you can buy just a crap ton of sonic comics for hey. nearly no money you're like the fifth person who's like hey you I, should buy i these. texted it to you like two minutes after they posted you it. did and i've been hearing and about it never from multiple responded. people because because I know why you did it. You didn't do it. Be like, hey, read these. You're like, hey, remember, hey, remember that comic? Hey, but, Ian, I think I'm closer if, to bringing a Sonic great? comic than you are. <laughs> but anyway, if you like Sonic the Hedgehog and the uh, universe that surrounds him, uh, you can get a whole bunch of digital comics for super cheap on uh, Humble Bundle right one, now. One of my favorite, I, I just have to say this, one of my favorite memories involving Sonic it was actually pretty recently. Um, we were at... Um, I think it was FatCon, not this last year, but the year before that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Eric Esquivel was there, and he had written for Sonic. Yeah. And um, he like had someone come up to him and be like, like, hey, oh, man, you drew Sonic? And he's like, uh, he's like, can I have your autograph? He's like, oh, yeah, well, I wrote Sonic. And then he's like, oh, man, I can't believe you drew him. And he's like, oh, well, I, I, wrote, I, I wrote him. I didn't draw him or something like that. And then the kid's like, Wait, did you draw Sonic? And he's like, "Yeah, I drew Sonic." <laughs> and they just took a picture with him and and signed it and stuff. I just thought that was kind of weird. like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" Kid? There's something about Knock the Sonic out. fandom where they really like the way he looks. Yeah, <laughs> so much as they're willing to draw their own original characters and then mm. just recolor it. Mm. My favorite thing is Sanic. Sanic <laughs> gotta go fast. Yeah, which is just like bad, like purposely off character Sonics. Oh. Spelled S A N I C. I have a I have a, a small report. Uh-huh. Let's hear it. Uh, I like those. As as my my previous uh, back matter stated, the Voltron came out. The oh, new Voltron yeah. twenty sixteen. Yeah. I watched all of it was in it like one sitting. Was all right, good? I'm only it was only good. Like three or four episodes in. It's super good. It's though. super good. It's very self aware, which is hilarious. It's like, <laughs> where are we going? No time. Just keep going. And <laughs> you're like, well, you're like okay, I guess we're just going now. You can tell that some of the people who worked on this show, both both in character design standpoint and from writing standpoint, people who worked on Avatar: The Last Airbender, mm-hmm. yeah. have have their hands in this show. Yeah, and if you're a fan of La- Avatar: The Last Airbender, which I am, um, 
like it's fantastic. You're just like, oh, it's like Avatar, but but there's robots and everything's different. It's perfect to watch with your family. It's good to watch by yourself. Like it's just an all around good show. So I'm really glad the way it turned out. In fact, as soon as the show ended, I went online to see if I could buy a Voltron. Like if they were going to do this Megazord style, but apparently there's not going to be anything for this version of Voltron until oh, 2017. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh man, I want the lion. They're they're working on licensing and stuff. I so. want a little Reese Darby with his little pink mustache. That guy's oh, hilarious. Coran is fantastic. Uh, I heard some comic book news. It's kind of interesting. Okay, cool. Um, so I guess um, if you're a fan of Mark Millar, which some of us are kind of, uh, I guess that uh, Kickass and Hit Girl are going to become uh, are we going to become monthly series now instead of just being every once in a really? while. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, there, uh, he, so Mark Millar, there's a thing called Millar World, which is actually what MPH, what we just read, uh, is part of that. Like it's kind of like an image. I believe it's an image imprint. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, they. Um, it's basically like, hey, Mark Millar. Mm-hmm. Do whatever you want. Yeah, they have announced that there's going to be a new Kickass, um, and it's not going to be uh, the guy from the comics. It's not going to be Dave from the comics. It's going to be a new, as a girl actually, um, a, a African American girl. Um, and the quote from Mark Millar exactly is: "Being older, younger, or female African American just seems more interesting to me as a writer because this character is quite unique and opens up story possibilities that hasn't been tried in almost 80 years of superhero fiction." So. Interesting way to look at it. Still drawn by John Romita Jr. Um, also, they're releasing a Hit Girl series, a weekly series, uh, which is Mark Millar and artist Raphael Albuquerque. Um, oh. So, uh, yeah. Um, new, if, so, if you like Kick-Ass and you like uh, Hit Girl, new Kick-Ass and Hit Girl every month starting next January. Um, I also heard... Okay. I heard some Marvel movie rumblings. Oh, well. Who I, hasn't? Continue. I heard that Marvel and a certain other studio have been sitting Oh, down, yes. I did hear this as well. And they might be being like, hey, like, not right now, but maybe, you know. Batman versus Iron Man? No. No. <laughs> maybe not. Amalgam maybe Comics, not, the movie? Maybe, Dawn of Money. Maybe not right now because they're, doing, because they're doing pretty okay. But I'd pay my maybe phone. in a while, Marvel, you might want to take a look at some of these Fox properties that we have and maybe integrate them in the universe Sony style. Maybe. Not right now, but oh. down the line. So. What is, uh, what's, what's his name? The architect of the X-Men cinematic universe. Think about that. <laughs> Brian Singer? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Brian Singer's like I'll direct anything they want. Brian Singer, they're probably, they're probably like, yeah, I don't know. Brian, Brian Singer's been doing pretty okay with the X Men so far. Yeah, every every non X Men movie he's made in in the last decade has not been good. Well, though. he did the Usual Suspects in the last decade. Since <laughs> since he made the X Men, he did That's not it. make the Usual. Suspects. He has X Fever. He did. He did. Brian Singer. No, no. But I'm saying Usual Suspects was first. Yes, that's and what I'm saying. Like, oh, like, you're capable of making a movie. Here, make an X-Man. So <laughs> at what point do we reach critical mass with like a shared universe, like a shared movie universe? It's when, when Marvel and DC crossover. You think so? I think that when that eventually happens, which let's not lie to each other, it's going to eventually happen. <laughs> then that'll be it. All right. That or, or when, when Iron Man sort of nods at, at uh, Darth Vader. In a movie. Yeah, and when Star Wars, <laughs> when, when Disney combines all its properties, when yeah. Woody and Buzz and, uh, and Indiana Jones, Jones and, and, Luke, and Skywalker. Luke Skywalker and Spider-Man. And I just, I want, I want the new Final Fantasy game to be kind of meh so that Square Enix will go, hey, Disney, remember that movie you always wanted about Kingdom Hearts, but we could never make? Well, we're kind of short on cash now and you have a lot I of it. I've heard some Kingdom Hearts 3 rumors that there may be Marvel and um, Supposedly Marvel it's a Star, and Star Wars, Wars based worlds. Yeah. Hey, speaking know. of Disney and video games, they canceled all of the rest of Disney Infinity. Yeah. Yep. They, they just said turned no it off. Yep. They were like, hey, here's the picture of the Spider-Gwen character that we we're going to make, but never mind. They now should we're done. still release it, I think. 
No, I, I, no, I don't think I that they've produced they them and they don't have the content. But yeah, they just <sighs> sort of like, I feel like it was pretty unexpected. I feel like there was a lot going on there. I don't think that market is doing as well as they expect. Yeah, because I think parents finally realized like, oh, I'm not going to spend an additional $15 for each character yeah. for my kid to play. We're just going to get the base okay. pack and you're going to be fine. I totally understand that. That being said, still make the still make the figures because I will still buy the figures. I don't know why they just don't make small collectible figures like that. Those the art style like, of those take figures all, is so take good. All the, take yeah, all the the, cool the robot again. parts out and just be like, hey, Disney Infinity I'm figures. Sure the Lower them five bucks. Just a, I'll still pay ten dollars RFID tag. It's yeah, but just give me the plastic. I I mean, because I have some of the Disney Infinity Avengers, and I stare at them every time I walk by. They're great. I got, I'm going to pull them out and actually set them up somewhere now because they're you know they're yeah they're, they're collectors items. Yeah, now they are. Um, I just can't wait till it goes on clearance and I can buy version three. Yeah. Have my uh, Star Wars. My Star Wars ones. Um, let's see. Otherwise, I'm trying to see if there's any other important comic book news or something that I liked. Um, I heard, well, we, well we, I don't think we addressed this last time, but there's been some additional Spider-Man uh, homecoming casting. One cast in specific that people are like freaking out about, which is Donald Glover has been cast as a role in Spider-Man homecoming. But they have not said who. I don't know if we talked about this. This is relevant because Donald Glover famously campaigned to be Spider-Man. Yes. And he is the voice of Miles Morales on the Ultimate Spider-Man television series. That's true. But how so, would how would he fit in? Because Donald Glover is so much older than the new he Spider-Man. probably is just they another character. Yeah, he might be another character. Or maybe Miles Morales is an older. I don't know what they're going to do. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe they just said, hey, we have an extra spot. You know, I know it's not Spider-Man, but do you want it? There's a do lot you want of, to be in the Spider-Man there's movie? A lot of, yes, there's yes, a lot I of do. people who are in this movie. Martin Starr, who you guys might know if you watch Silicon Valley or if you watch Freaks and Geeks when he was a kid. Is he the main kid in Silicon Valley? Uh, no, he's the guy with the glasses and the long hair. Ah, he's yes. also in Freaks and Geeks. Yes. Uh, glasses he's the tall the guy. Kid. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Um, he's in there. There's a bunch of big people that are being cast. I just really saw some set photos today of Peter Parker walking around. Um, cool. So we'll see. Hopefully, I'm hoping it's a good Spider-Man movie. I, I guess Sony also said they're still planning on going forward with like Spider-Man universe movies, like having a Sinister Six movie and having a guys, Venom. As long as it has Mysterio not, and a fog machine, I'm not, okay. Not based. I think based off the new Spider-Man. I think they're being like, okay, we want to also, in addition to all these regular Marvel movies, have Spider-Man have his own thing too. Uh, a, a, an Agent Venom movie could be very cool. Yeah, but that's a long. Way yeah, that's a huge setup. Yeah, yeah. So let's be honest. The only thing anybody cares about at this point is Mar- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two. Oh yeah, people are excited about that. Is that out this year? Next no, year. Right? Next year. Next, year. Next which, summer. Which reminds me, oh, speaking so of uh, spe- speaking of Disney, um, there are a lot of rumors that Disney. If you're a Disneyland fan, we live in Southern California, and I'm a I'm a Disneyland fan. Um, that they're going to be removing the Twilight right Zone now. Tower of Terror. It's going to be pulled out, and they're going to make a Guardians of the Galaxy themed drop ride in that building. Interesting. So, which is strange to me because that whole area is themed Hollywood. Yeah. But I, so, I think that the rumor is that that might be changing also. Yeah, and there might be putting some. You talk about. But there's also the the Frozen show there. It's going to be a hodgepodge in that area. Yeah, yeah it's going to be. The, I mean, one of the interesting things that town. I've read is that um, Disney owns Marvel rights, but Disney does not have theme park rights for Marvel in Florida. Yeah. for another several due, years. Well, due to, until Universal relinquishes that contract. Oh, there you go. Which I have a feeling they will because uh, Universal just recently, uh, which I've mentioned on the show before, they attained um, Nintendo. Yeah. Also, so, they've got Harry Potter. That's true. And yeah. I mean, they do a bunch of that. But I, I know but anyway, that in in yeah. Southern California now, there's nothing Disney really. can put Marvel stuff. They can put it anywhere, anywhere other than the East Coast. Right. So so the, they just have those two big parks mm. in the United States. Mm-hmm. Disney World, 
at Disneyland. And so far, the only thing at Disneyland, they had that Marvel thing on yeah. the top of the old but, Interventions yeah, building. Disney, but. Disney World isn't allowed to have Marvel characters no. in it. But because Universal has it. They can yes. do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And so it, it makes sense for them to... Meanwhile, WB is like, hey guys, remember Bugs Bunny and Taz? <laughs> and like, oh yeah, they got no. a good home at Six Flags. Yeah. Yeah. What about a Snoopy? <laughs> he's a, he's a not very funny. No, we, we were we've been watching selling MetLife. He's also selling MetLife insurance. We've been uh, watching Animaniacs with my kids, and it's all and there's they have like an episode where they reference Taz, and Taz is like on the episode for like a good five minutes, and yeah. and my daughter's all, Dad, what's what's that guy? <laughs> what's that? You never you, have, you haven't shown your your kids the Looney Tunes cartoons, little too adult. Yeah, where do I get them? Uh, where they're not on Netflix. Uh, they're not on Hulu. Yeah, it's fair yeah. places. So I feel like Warner Brothers could step that up too. I think they have them on DVD. They have them digitally. You can buy them. Yeah, but I can again, buy them. Yeah, they don't have them for streaming this is, rights. This right is now. 2016. I agree. Those old Looney Tunes cartoons are great, but um, hey not guys, really comic book related. Speaking of Warner Brothers, yes, uh, Justice League movie logo revealed. Yeah, I saw it. Oh. <laughs> Whatever. Does it say the words justice and league? It yes. sure does. Awesome. Um, is there the words also, the dawn of? No. Oh. <laughs> also, though, um, they I think they came out and said who like the main villain is going to be. Any, uh, any thoughts? Any guesses? I, I heard about this, too, so I'll, I'll Iron remain Man. out of this. If it's not Darkseid, they Man? wasted a movie introducing Darkseid. Is it it's Iron Man? Not Iron Man. Uh, no. It's not Darkseid. Oh. Or no. Iron Man? It's a different new god, uh, yeah. Steppenwolf. <laughs> yeah, the one who's named after a heavy metal band. I really, 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 really hope at some point when he's like, whenever they're going to reveal him, the song is playing. It's got to be playing. Wow. Uh, yeah. They have one job. Just just one. Yeah. I, I heard that the real bad guy in that movie is Zack Snyder. <laughs> I read that on the internet. Somewhere. I also heard that the Flash is supposed to be very similar to like they they said that is our Spider Man. If you've seen Civil War, the way Spider Man was portrayed there, this is how the Flash will be. He will be the comic relief, the young War. one. Like that is who the Flash will be. Well, is it going to be Barry or Wally? Because that makes it's a difference. It's Barry. It's Barry. Mm-hmm. It's a new Flash. Okay. His name is Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Olsen. Flash. No, Jimmy, Jimmy Olsen as the Flash. Is his last name also starts with a J? Because this is a comic book. Jimmy Johns. Yeah, <laughs> he makes sandwiches and gets them to you real fast. <laughs> Fast sandwiches. It's, I uh, love Jimmy John sandwiches. You guys don't even yeah. know. I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm debating. I'm really like. I'm really getting more and more bummed. I haven't out. seen. I, I'm like. I totally any just superhero movies this year. I just stopped thinking about Suicide Squad, and when it when it happens to me, it'll happen to me. But like, Suicide I'm, Squad I'm, comes out. What? what August, there's another one. Fifth. There's another one. Uh, Doctor Strange, right? That's yeah. That's out this that. Year. That I'm. I, I I like Marvel. I'm excited for the Marvel movies. Those are the ones I'm like, oh man. What other movies come. are we getting this year? We're getting a Star War, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm, Rogue I'm One. Still, there's I'm still more details have been released about that. I'm still I'm still gonna hold out hope for Suicide Squad. I'm hoping, and. After that, I may have feelings one way or another for any other DC movies uh, that would be coming out. Speaking of that, how I, how much I liked Suicide Squad. The extended cut of uh, Batman, of uh, Bavizja, came oh, out really? digitally. Yeah. The R-rated one? Uh, yeah, I've not seen it. It includes 30 I, I extra minutes of footage. I believe that if you buy it digitally, you get both cuts. Oh, Lord. You get both the extended cut and the shortened cut. If somebody gave me, if somebody sent me an iTunes gift card and said, you, you can only use this to buy it, then I would buy it. But until now, All right, then, internet. We know what our job is. <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's start a Patreon. Just let's, start, yeah, let's, start, let's start a GoFundMe. GoFundMe. I will watch it, and I will live stream my reactions to it if you if you give me the money to buy it. Why don't we all watch oh, it? We'll make a YouTube uh, video. We can all sit on your bed. Yeah. Uh, oh, so, but, no. uh, so, so speaking well, of Star Wars, I want to talk about Star Wars. 
so they announced so Donnie Yen, who's a famous martial arts actor, mm-hmm. is in the new Star Wars movie as a guy who's super into Jedi's but has no Jedi powers. That's and awesome. does not have a lightsaber. That's awesome. And he's like trained Jedi's and has trained with Jedi's and he has a regular sword. Oh, I feel like he's going to be no my favorite character in the Star that's Wars rad. universe. And and he's got a I think and I think I read this right that Forrest Whitaker is playing his No, maybe it's not Forrest Whitaker. There's another dude who's playing his like partially robot guardian. Well, Forrest Whitaker's playing a character that's from the Clone Wars series, yeah, from yeah. what I understand. He's like a like a hardcore rebellion like dude like this is like he's like the hardcore like Hard extremist yeah, rebellion yeah. person and like yeah. he's he, I guess he's really prominent in the Clone Wars. But like they're like it's, it's kind of, it's kind of mind boggling that like that series that like I'd never seen and and don't and, and tried to watch but it was like eh. yeah the um, Tumblr seems to like for some reason yeah I mean I've heard good things I've heard Rebels is really good yeah, Tumblr yeah. likes a lot of things but yeah, like the true. idea that Tumblr like this really thing likes that uh that non Disney animated movie about the two guys trying to find gold in South America Tumblr loves Road El Dorado uh, yeah. it's Another a fantastic of piece of cinema thank you very much. <laughs> Oh, we've got one of them with us. Oh, no, first tour in Central Park. Now you should check your cis white privilege. <laughs> Which a- crappy one do you like, Ryan? We're back. Is that your favorite one? Oh gosh, are we talking about <laughs> non-Disney animated movies? <laughs> what the about 90s? the Princess and hey. the Goblin? Oh god, you lost your mouth, Pixlr. I like the Secret of Nim though. That one. Uh, Secret of Nim is legit. That one is good. <laughs> I liked Rockadoodle as a child. Is there anything oh, else would. to talk about? You <laughs> would like Rockadoodle. Um, no, I was going to say um, with the Star Wars Iron thing. Giants, I think it's kind of cool that like now we live in that world where, in, and we see it happen with Marvel where we see stuff that happens on like the Marvel TV shows that also happen in the Marvel Universe. And it's cool that they're kind of like honoring that even though it's the prequels and nobody likes them that much. They're honoring that canon from that show and putting a character in. That's kind of neat. And, and maybe I it'll be... that they do it on Star Wars, but the, there's very little connection between the Marvel TV shows and the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe. I mean, more than there is with the DC Cinematic We found out where the helicarrier came from in Avengers. Right? In Avengers 2. In, yeah, but, in but, Age of Ultron. Yeah, sure. We did that. That was that was one episode. Yeah, well, the DC... No, yeah. The, well, the DC the DC thing has zero crossover. Have you guys been watching Legends of Tomorrow? Because I keep hearing it's great. No. I, I am we I am super behind on all of my DC shows. I've, Same. I, I've been Game of Thrones hypnotized. But now that that's over... It's only like an hour a week, buddy. I know. But I got to record this for all, for all these lovely people. It, this is only this is the, so you guys what Ryan math is not adding up. What Ryan's saying. saying is that he wants me to not do the show for you and instead watch all these shows instead. It would be I a think, shorter show. I think <laughs> Ryan's just time auditing you right now. <laughs> I don't know why. And you're not. I'm just saying your receipts. I have I have other things. The receipts. Do. Show uh, me the receipt, bro. Um, show me the receipt. <laughs> So I don't know. I think I think that's gonna wrap it up for this issue of Four Color Commentary with angry shouting. Um, <laughs> but before we go, we want to give you a preview of the books we're gonna be reading next time. Um, and uh, so, what are we gonna be doing for First Prince next time, Ryan? I think actually you would suggest this. Um, yes, it's, yes, it's something I we've did. been talking about doing for a while. It has been something we've been talking about doing for a while, and uh, you know. We just haven't read a Batman book in in months. It's been a while. I just read a Batman book actually as part of back a little back matter insert. I read that Paul Dini book. Uh, oh yeah, uh, the Dark Knight was or Dark Knight is what it's called. It's about him getting beaten up in real life, like oh. getting beaten yeah. up and mugged, and how like the idea of Batman and like that helped him to get. But it's it's kind of weird meta- metaphysical weird stuff. It's very very similar to like. It, but a long form version with with talking of like the Dean trip type like oh, uh, something right. terrible. But it, it's it's good. I would recommend it. And it's it's like, like fifteen bucks in Comicsology. And it, I mean, yes. I read it in, in like an, an evening, and it was good. I enjoyed it. I've been reading Bone. I've read read read. 
gosh, I've read like an additional six volumes. It's fantastic. I've been looking through all my old comics that we've read on the show and things that I want to get caught up on. So I'm working on that. I got caught up on all my comics. I caught up on Wicked and Divine. I got caught up on uh, Sex Criminals and I got caught up on Walking Dead. I finished King City. Hey, oh, I hey. read all of King City. So you mean the the book that I brought, the first issue of our podcast, the, the first, first episode the of our first podcast, thing you brought, and, and and I lent the book to you then. Yes, and it's been it's <laughs> been in I my car it? for two years. Can I have it back? Yes, you can. I'm awesome. sorry, I, I forgot to bring it today. <laughs> um, it's okay. I had Ryan's New Frontier for like a solid six months. That being said, you should read King City. All right, uh, by Brandon Graham. Yeah, it's super, super great. So, uh, but Ryan, what? So first yes, prints. We haven't time. read a Batman book in a while. We are reading the legendary Gotham by Gaslight. Oh, it is the uh, Mike Mignola Batman in London in the eighteen eighties. Jack the Ripper Batman. Jack the Ripper Batman. Oh man! Well, he's not killing anybody, but he's like after. <laughs> yeah. He just hit all of Chewie's trigger yeah, words. I'm right? really excited about this. Heavy so. breathing. <laughs> hey, speaking of which, did you guys hear that Hellboy is ending? <gasps> really? What? Yeah. Mike Mignola is wrapping it up. Wow. You know, shutting down oh, the Hellboy man. universe. Just turning off the lights and blowing out the candles and moving the chalk dust out of the way. I mean, like, it's. It, I think it's crazy for me to say that's nuts, but that's nuts because it, it, it's like, like, at some point. It's you an know, institution. It's, it's gotta, yeah. But it's such an institution. Like, yeah, you it's like shutting down Batman. Oh, man. If one guy created Batman yeah. and yeah. owned it still. It's like yeah. shutting down Spawn. Well, but that's fine. Nobody would mind. <laughs> is, it, is it like mind. that? I don't know. I guess so. All right, we should been around books. for just as long. Um, so yes, Gotham by Gaslamp for first prints next time. So for uh, for uh, the here's my issue portion of our show, Alan, what are you bringing that for that? Okay, you guys may have heard of a little thing that is sweeping the nation uh, called Overwatch. Yes, brooms. There's a comic. There is a couple. Ooh. So Overwatch, yeah, if you I don't know, is a uh, Blizzard Entertainment made video game. It is a first person shooter, but like Blizzard does, they put backstory into absolutely every little nook and cranny. Watch the animated things. I don't I haven't even played the game, but watch the animated backstories. They're yep. so good. You no, know, I'm terrible at the game, but I absorb all of this content like crazy. So here's what we're going to do. There are six and there are three of you. So I'm going to make you pick between the two that I think you would best like. So Ian, would you like Cyber Cowboy or... Uh, big hammer German knight guy. I, I've heard a lot about Cyber Cowboy, so I'm gonna go with Cyber Cowboy. Okay, we're gonna go with Cyber Cowboy. Um, uh, Ryan, would you like a uh, woman with suit of armor, shoots rocket launchers, or a uh, woman who is a scientist slash superhero? Oh my god, are you serious? You're yeah. making me choose. Yeah. Wait, is, what, did did I hear you correctly and say that one of them is in a robot suit? One of them is in a robot suit with a rocket launcher. Yep, that one. Cool. And then. <sighs> Chewie, do you want Australian Outlaws or Dwarf with a Turret? Hmm. Hmm. Are any of these Tracer? Did we cut, did we cut out is, Tracer? Okay. This, as long is, as we uh, Tracer. this is a tough choice. I'm going to go ahead and um, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go with the Australian Outlaws because I feel that they might. Spill blood. Okay, Ryan, write this down. We are going to be reading McCree. We're going to be reading Farah, and we're going to be reading Junkrat. Is mine Junkrat? I'm, I'm, guessing, yes. I'm yeah. guessing that none of those are spelled like in a normal. I'll I'll show it to you later. Basically, they're all available for free at PlayOverwatch.com in the comic section. Um, there's going to be this kind of webcomic time. 
no, this is something <laughs> no, else. Actually, you know what? I think a lot of these are available on Comixology as well. Um, so we'll see where we can find it. But they're available for free at playoverwatch.com in the comic section. Um, we're reading three because they're 10 pages each. So it's going to mm-hmm. be about one issue. Yeah. And if you, again, if not seen those animated things, like if that didn't sell you on the game or like wanting to know more about this world, it's incredible. It's you can really also really watch good. people play it on the internet. You can. Twitch or YouTube you or whatever. Th- this is more, uh, we'll go out. That's off my conversation. But yeah, check those out. I highly recommend them. Chewie, what about you? Um, I'm going to bring a book called Suicide Forest. Now, I'm going to stop you right there. It's not about the Suicide Suicide Forest. Forest. Um, There's a place in Japan. There's a place in Japan. And also, there's a comic book series, I think, based on it, also called Suicide Forest. Hmm. So I'm going to be very clear here. This is an independent, self-published book uh, called Suicide Forest, uh, written by Dave Baker and uh, illustrated by Nicole. I'm going to try to pronounce it. Go. G-O-U-X. So Dave Baker yeah, and Nicole right. Go. Um, we haven't like on the show spoken to them or anything like that, but we've spoken with them at cons and stuff like that um, about kind of setting some stuff up. But um, yeah, Suicide Forest, uh, independent book by uh, Dave Baker and Nicole Go. And it's uh, it's a pretty interesting read. Okay. So yes. Cool. Sweet. Uh, so for me, it is the licensed section of my oh, I'm sorry, okay. I'm going to interrupt you one yes. more time here because because it's self-published and because it's, you know, all that stuff, you're not going to go find it at a store right. and stuff like that. Um, so if you really wanted to go ahead and get on board with this ahead of time, you can go to specterisland.bigcartel.com. That's S-P-E-C-T-O-R-I-S-L-A-N-D dot bigcartel.com to uh to order your copy or or whatever it is and i think if you ask them for a digital copy or something like that like you might be able to get that when you we'll post some links uh before the episode comes out on uh on facebook and twitter and tumblr so that you guys can read them along with us on the show sweet um so i'm am in my part of my rotation where i do a licensed property um but i had a lot of stuff a lot of licensed properties are kind of hard because a lot of them are kind of well not very good but i found one that i've I've been saving for a while uh that is uh from dynamite comics written by warren ellis what uh art by jason masters uh it is james bond number one Wow. Uh, so it's the part beginning of the Varger, the first story in the ongoing James Bond series. Uh, James Bond returns to London after a mission of vengeance in Helsinki to take up the workload of a fallen 00 section agent. But something evil is moving through the back streets of the city and sinister plans are being laid back for Bond back in Berlin. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, Warren Ellis writing James Bond. Uh, I, what I, I read could go th- wrong. And uh, by the way, this is available. It's available in print. You can find it, but digitally right now on Comicsology, um, the digital exclusive edition is one ninety nine, two bucks, and you have this comic. So oh. check it out. I'm excited to read it. James Bond number one uh, from Dynamite. Hi, uh, Hi it's my turn. Um, yes, Ryan. It's so turn. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring. It's my graphic novel excerpt rotation this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was one that came out last year that I bought. Uh, and I told my wife I was buying it for my daughter, and that was a lie because I bought it for myself, but also <laughs> she could read it. Uh, it's a book called Space Dumplings. Uh, it is um, written and drawn Sounds by delicious. Craig Thompson, who is the guy who made Blankets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is sort of a kitty space book, but, you know, it's good. Like Tallulah and whatever. Yeah, but Craig Thompson is sort of an unbelievably detailed cartoonist, so... Oh. 
uh, I think you guys will like it. Well, okay. there we go. Well, guys, that's going to wrap Space us up. Space Dumpling. Yes. Sorry. So uh, that's going to wrap us up for this issue of Four Color Commentary. Feel free to uh, join us next time, of course. Uh, we want to thank you all for listening, as always. And I uh, want to remind you to come back to the only podcast that wishes that there were far more colors for moping, sadness, crying, uh, and every other sad emotion on the spectrum in the Green Lantern color spectrum. And chili cheese fries. Mm, good. <laughs> I'm the mauve ring. <laughs> I'm Alan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm Blue Lagoon. <laughs> My uh, ring is equal parts tan and taupe. I'm I was going to say taupe, so I'm going to say Scott Checkerboard, but it's kind of scratched off. That's the best ring. Hey, you know what, guys? Pick you it up. could have chosen up, that up. one, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ryan. See you next time. This has been a production of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. Exclusively at stuffandthingsnetwork.com.